Blog Talk Radio. Sister Soldier, are you a racist? You can't call me or any black person any place in the world a racist. We don't have the power to do to white people. Sister Soldier, are you a racist? You can't call me or any black person any place in the world a racist. We don't have the power to do to white people. We'd like to welcome you to Africa on the Move. As your host, Brother Africa, it's always an honor and a privilege to come to your home this evening where we can speak to the powerless and the powerful. We seek to speak truth to power and to provide you with information so that you can use it as a tool for liberation that's to help liberate your people and help liberate humanity from all of the various forms of oppression. We welcome you on the fifth day of February 2023 to Africa on the Moon. Our theme for this program is things we don't talk about. That's why we're going to talk about things we don't talk about. And we, and we welcome you to join in by calling 323-679-0841. You can share your views, your perspectives, and any other ideas that may be related to the subject matter as we go through this program, talking about issues that are affecting our community, our people, and the world. I'm Brother Africa, and like always, you know how we get started with our party, we're going to introduce to you for today our political panelists and analysts for today's program. We're first going to start with Brother Haki. We'd like to welcome him to Africa on the Move. Welcome, Brother Haki. Uh, Brother Africa, thanks for having me. <coughs> My name is Haki Kamafi Mashoki. Colonel with African Awareness, and of course, Brother Africa, you know my thing is institution building. 
But I got to say, Brother Africa, one of the things I find somewhat, well, not really ironic, but somewhat uh, fascinating, this whole notion in terms of injustice as it currently exists, one of the things we like to believe that, in fact, that we're on the course in terms of eliminating injustice and inequality in society. But the behind, behind the scenes there's a history, uh, a very uh, pertinent history, that suggests that uh, people in positions of power have no intentions on inequality and injustice in this world. In fact, they're actually increasing by the use of technology. So I thought I'd write this little piece. I think it's important in terms of understanding the role technology, technology will play in terms, of the form, in terms of formatting inequality and injustice in the society. Now, check this out, Brother Africa. Now, long-termism defined by Emil Torres is a quasi-religious worldview that holds wrongdoing does not exist, providing the Western world benefits economically or politically. Interestingly, interestingly quasi-religious characterizations corresponds well to Western Christianity edicts that elevates politics over spiritual growth culminating in expediency where injustice is indistinguishable from justice, rationalizing any conceivable atrocity as normal. Unlike Orthodox or Eastern Christianity, Western Christianity propensity to reinforce systems of impression inevitably leads powerful sectors of society to embrace ideas not only destructive to human consciousness, but seeks to halt the process by using propaganda to deceive, often by re- by relegating erroneous historical narrative to replace history's long concealed, disguised, or omitted. In fact, long-termism, long-termism, as, long-termism as an example, owes origin to altering history so as to sharply define the direction that must be ensued to ensure longevity of social control by elites. President Nixon's personification of long-termism once provided to his associates, particularly John Lickman, Strategies identifying, identifying alleged enemies are key to undermining democracy by discrediting voices that call attention to systematic inequalities. Nixon identified African movements and anti-war activists as primary enemies of the state. Like long-termism, attempts to marginalize Africa, indeed discredit the role of international finance in the subjugation of Africa are, are, an, are an important imperative to achieve long-termism objectives. Now, long-termism goes a step further by eliminating the need to promote false historical narratives by instead implementing control over human affairs by use of technology. Long-termism seeks to solidify control of Western elites by creating a new type of human being. This new human being, the transhuman, will be equipped with microchip technology implanted directly in the brain, connected to computer programs, will dispense any need for human consciousness. These digital people living in computerized simulations connected to the Internet will serve the interests of the powerful. Without a consciousness as we know it, information-fed digital people will suffice, rendering making choices obsolete since computerized algorithms will instruct them as to what to think and how to think. (laughs) Now, the relevance of this technology, no no small part, is attributed to the potential economic gains for political elites but to a larger sense, to form a control of the population. Emergence of capitalism has always sought to solidify control over the masses politically and economically. Western democracy embraced a capitalism, never viewed it as the greatest good for the greatest number of people. As far back as the 18th century, Edmund Burke, the Irish-British philosopher, advocated, quote, too much democracy is dangerous. It's a dangerous thing. Daily to nations and a violation to evolution and nature itself, end quote. 
It goes without saying, this subtle messaging, messaging implies domination of the powerful over the weak is a natural occurrence, and any attempt to reverse this paradigm is akin to insanity. Apparently, consensus among billionaires agree taking advantage of the weak is just and proper. Billionaires like Elon Musk and Charles Schwab of the World Economic Forum agree <coughs> long-termism, long-termism affords wealthy elites the best possible odds of maintaining societal control for the powerful. Now, while long-termism may say on deductive from the perspective of social control, the question of consciousness seems an indispensable part of the equation given humans are an intimate component of long-termism. Nick Bostrom, who coined the term long-termism, postulated a theory that holds life is but a computerized simulation. What we perceive, understand, or undertake is predetermined by computer programming, and as such, human consciousness is embedded totally independent of evolutionary processes. If the Bostrom hypothesis is true, would not the same computerized simulation of life impact transhumans as well? Given transhumans' relationship to the Internet, varying algorithms, what might be the long-term consequences of transhumans receiving input both from the originator who wrote the program simulating life and the simulations executed by computers inspired by the same originators? This esoteric statement is not merely an exercise in futility, but underscores the reasonness why long-termism may not be the panacea the wealthy anticipated. Now, long-termism expectation is transhumans will someday replace the poor through a process of attrition, where the poor face genocide because of the lack of access to food, shelter, and health care. Transhumans whose genetically created intelligence, on the other hand, could, afford, could increase productivity gain for the economy very cheaply, including maintaining of asteroids and our planets. An industrial output would expand, but with the increased production, a declining level of consumers to purchase the finest, the finished product will be problematic. It turns out the philosophical underpinning of long-termism is less concerned about economics as it's concerned about the preservation of power for the capitalist class. For example, William McAskill, a philosopher and a long-termist advocate, stated, quote, our actions today must be measured and benefit 100 1,000 years from now, end quote. My response, of course, is real challenges currently exist. Without addressing pertinent economic, social, political issues today, the planet may not be inhabitable in 100 to 1,000 years. Nick Beck stated, another philosopher, was more succinct. He stated, quote, seems to me it's more plausible saving a life in a rich country is substantially more important than saving a life in a poor country, end quote. This is the same person who blamed devastation sweeping the earth, not on capitalism, but on poor people, presumably in the global south, for having too many children. His insistence that dysgenic forces or less intelligent people having more children than intelligent people has resulted in planetary scarcity. Beckstead's level of contempt for the poor lives, for the, for the lives of poor people holds existential risks or financial assistance to the poor could derail long-termism by diverting resources away from long-termism, <clears throat> that mass inequality and, suffer, and suffering is preferable. I should point out, existential risk in real terms manifests global warming, supply chain disruption created by U.S. sanctions and epidemics like COVID-19 are all factors contributing to the deaths of poor people. Existential risk, see these melodies as essential to, to acclimating humanity to the idea of mass deaths while elevating the perception that there's nothing that can be done to avert tragedy. This in part explains the West's persistence in reneging on the climate 
climate change funding in Africa and the rest of the global south. Now, ironically, refusal to avert increases in global temperatures impacts poor people throughout the planet, including the United States. Implication being, planet would be better off without poor people, and to supplant them with transhumans would be a great benefit to society. This brings, now this brings me back to the consensus involving the esoteric. If intelligent design is the catalyst behind computerized programming life, that life is mere computerized simulation, the, the eradication or attempt at calling or killing large approximation of digital units or people may alter the programming. By, <clears throat> by way of analogy, if the elimination of digital inputs affects one aspect of programming, say a corrupt file, then other aspects of the program will be affected as well. As Bolson believes life is computerized simulation, may not it be best to allow the simulation to proceed changing for the best in that simulation rather than altering the simulation unsure of what potential problems it may bring with it. Esoteric for sure, but something to contemplate. So the struggle for equality, the struggle for life itself, is an ongoing struggle. We should not delude ourselves into believing Brother Africa for one second that this, that this, that this struggle is finite, that somehow that we can achieve what we want to achieve in the next 50 to 100 years and things going to be all right. These people are planning long term. They have no, no, no obligation, no, uh, no sense, or no, no, uh, uh, <clears throat> no uh, concern in terms of you know the question, not the question in terms of inequality and injustice over the long term. They see it as being this, the question in terms of injustice, inequality being infinite quality to life. And so clearly, as 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 far as they're concerned, and our struggle, then we too have to develop a mindset where we see the struggle as infinite or internal. Because that's the way conceivable that we're going to win if we think for a second that <clears throat> somehow that these people are going to simply give up and try to do that which is right. So that is a sad reality. It's a philosophical point, but it's a point nonetheless. I think it's a point that we have to contemplate on some level. And I close with that, Brother Africa. Thank you, Brother Haki. Next we go to Brother Anthony, and we'd like to welcome him to Africa on the Moon. Welcome, Brother Anthony. Thanks for having me, Brother Africa. Revolutionary greetings to you, the fellow panelists, and the listening audience. My name is Anthony Williams. I'm an organizer for the All-African People's Revolutionary Party, GC. Objective is Pan-Africanism, the total liberation and unification of Africa under scientific socialism. Thank you, Brother Anthony. Father and Brother Anthony, we now will bring in Brother Moses, and we'd like to welcome him as well to Africa on the Move. Welcome, Brother Moses. Thank you, thank you, Brother Africa, and greetings to everyone within the sound of my voice, especially the illustrious panelists. My name is Robert Andrew Moses, and I've been in the struggle for scientific socialism from the moment I was introduced to Marxism during the government class back in my high school years, 1968. I call Marxism the race to cure racism. I bear witness that there's one God, Jesus, who is the author and finisher of my faith, and that Mao Zedong is his messenger for government. Fathers, help your children. We don't reverse correct verdicts. I'm pro-choice, and I vote. I bear witness that women hold up half the sky. Therefore, I'm for the Equal Rights Amendment, ERA, yes. And the struggle continues to be to unite the many, to defeat the few, to point out the contradictions between capitalism and socialism, to, to dare to go where no, no revolutionary 
has gone before in terms of world history um, to dare to try to contribute to the struggle um, to the evolution of Marxism, Leninism, Mao Zedong, thought, and to the evolution of the struggle against imperialism and fascism and racism and Zionism and all forms of oppression. It is our task to study, 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 and continue to remold our lives into what is necessary for the struggle to liberate the masses of the people. And I pledge my life to that struggle. Thank you. And allow me to be on the show. Thank you, Brother Moses. Moses, and following Brother Moses, we're going to now go to Sister Eleanor, and we would like to welcome her to Africa on the moon. Welcome, Sister Eleanor. Good evening, everyone, and thank you so much for welcoming me and having me on this evening's show. Good evening to all of the panelists, to you, Brother Africa, and to our listening audience here in the United States and abroad. Um, I look forward to a wonderful show. We are, I am, and we are uh, collectively environmentalists. We are anti-apartheid and anti-oppression. Uh, uh, Where I am opposed to the war in the Ukraine as well as the advancement and the expansion of NATO. I think it's urgent that NATO is disbanded immediately, and we must begin to take immediate action to reduce our carbon footprint. We see the crises with the Colorado River uh, about to hit uh, President Biden's desk. Right now, it's affecting several states and their ability to have access to water. Um, We also see the problem with education for um, uh, our children as well as adults in this country, and we have a huge problem with literacy and access to broadband and computers for many communities throughout the United States. And we have an urgent issue with housing, uh, with, with clean air, with transportation, with health care, you know, and once again, as I said, with education. But for now, that's enough. And this month alone, we've seen, in the month of January alone, we've seen the Zionists in Israel and the new right-wing government kill 35 or more Israelis, including eight children and one elderly woman. This is an outrage, and the world should stand up against this, as well as the war in Yemen and uh, stop the financing of this atrocity to marginalize or uh, Russia. Um, the U.S. wanting to um, attack Russia and the Western states wanting to uh, attack Russia should not be the business of citizens in the United States. Right now, there are things that need to be done here 
domestically, and we need to address those issues now instead of expanding the war machine. Thank you so much for having me this evening. Thank you, Sister Eleanor. Um, at this particular time, Africa on the Moon, we'll take a lovely share culture break, and when we come back, we'll discuss what's going on in your world and the community. We welcome you to call in at 323-679-0841, and we'd like to remind you on this date, the 5th of January, back in 1975, 12,000 South African soldiers staged a strike at the gold mine. That's right, there was a major strike. 12,000 South African soldiers, not South African soldiers, but South African workers, workers staged a strike at, at the gold mine. That's a historical significance of some of the continued struggles that has encountered in our people history. We must not forget that. And again, we can go to our rubbish to culture break and we'll come back. We invite you to call in at Africa on the Moon and share with us what's going on in your world and the community. This is Brother Africa, and we are Africa on the Moon. We'll be right back.
Africa want to be free. Africans want to be free. All people and humans want to be free. Welcome back to Africa on the Move as your host, Brother Africa. You now can make a transition to what's going on in your world and the community. And we now will come back to Brother Haki and we ask the question, what's going on in your world and the community, Brother Haki? Well, Brother Africa, I thought I'd have some candid discussion around the question in terms of the utility, the utility of uh, of politicians. And one of the problems in terms of you know, uh, certainly one of the things you allude to a lot, the whole question around uh, you know, can politics or politicians solve the problems that people are facing in society? My my response to that is very, very simple. I think one of the things we have to understand that when we talk about real power in the context of capitalist society, particularly in America, the power comes from corporations. It doesn't come from political class. And so, therefore, what happens is that we expect the people with our power, namely the political class, to bring about meaningful changes in society, when, in fact, they have no control. They don't control anything. It's essentially controlled by corporations. So this is an important fact that we, we begin to we grapple with in terms of trying to move forward because, you know, this appeal in terms of trying to get politicians to do that, which is empowering, uh, I think is, 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 sadly, uh, misdirected, is sadly misdirected. I think the bottom line is that the politicians, even if they wanted to, could do very little in terms of affecting real change. Uh, we, have to con- we have to continue the fact that corporations are in power, and any strategy that we devise has to take that in consideration. And with that, having, that, having, said that, having said that, Brother Africa, check this out. Now, with the rise of corporations, can the realization corporate power must be constrained by political institutions because of the potential of monopoly power and its corrosive impact on society. People like James Madison reasoned unfettered business power would usurp the power of political institutions and in the process render democracy an impossibility. Even more disastrous, any, any increases of autonomy among business elites would ensure people working or not would, not be, would be seen as irrelevant. Once the irrelevance of people are established, being, a, <clears throat> being assigned a status are non-productive, the question arises, in a capitalist society that views attainment of wealth as the ultimate goal of life, what does this mean for poor people who lack the funds to contribute to wealthy coffers? <clears throat> now, the word unproductive is a loaded con- connotation, and in the case of applied to capitalism, has ominous implications. In the world of capitalism, human worth is based upon material possessions. The more material possessions, the more the consumption. It is the consumption or providing wealth to the capitalist that makes people productive. By defining people as unproductive, the implication is such people have nothing to offer capitalists and as such are no benefit to society. Ironically, while the non-productive exists in bureaucratic structures that determines their status in terms of how corporations allocate resources, the outcomes, the, the, the outcomes vastly impact the poor's access to food, shelter, education, and jobs. The corporations who increasingly serve as gatekeepers since the undermining of the antitrust laws of the 1980s are strategically situated to determine the economic effects of state. Chief among corporate concerns are profitability. Profitability is achieved by a regiment of austerity, unemployment, and stock buybacks specifically to enrich the 1%. Enrichment of the 1% greatly curtails the ability of political institutions to provide jobs. And constraining the ability of the state to provide jobs, the emergence of the nonproductive becoming a, a fact of life. A situation out of their control, totally implemented by corporate forces, <clears throat> predication, predilection for profits at all costs. Now, the creation of the 
nonproductive is a process deep in deception, meanness, and cowardice. Some capitalist capitalism, since capitalism underlining ethos underlining underlining ethos declares greed is good, strategies are innovated to conceal the viciousness of the capitalist mantra while squarely blaming the poor for their own impoverishment. One such exception, according to the National Federation of Independent Businesses, highlights polling <clears throat> blaming the poor for unemployment. The conducted polls stated 76% of employees can find qualified applicants. 16% stated applicants have poor social skills, while 20% said applicants' expectation toward pay was unrealistic. Rationales employed by business managers, aside from being farcical, belies an indispensable fact these managers would never openly convey, and that is, with increasing levels of unemployment, workers should be so desperate, participation in their own economic expectation should be assured. By workers advocating in an era economic decline, <clears throat> capitalism trending that maintains increasing poverty in society can only solidify control by the capitalist class gets put to the test to the dismay of capitalists who are convinced American culture and poverty are a winning formula to, winning formula to control the poor. Similar rationales employed by capitalists hold government policies are a source of source of the problem uh, for, <coughs> are a source of the problem for workers refusing to work low paid abusive and dangerous jobs at poverty levels. Many argue government spending on social on things like social security, Medicare, unemployment insurance serves as a disincentive for the poor to work at low wages because government transfer payments make access to food and leisure time possible, thus empowering the poor to become more selective in the types of jobs they will accept. The validity of this argument, myopic in scope, does not take into consideration the functionality of capitalism. Even if government spending for social reasons ended, workers' opposition to economic exploitation likely would not end. Given the level of inflation, in part because of many corporations pay no taxes, working people are quite capable of balancing the utility of working and the benefits of food. Working 46 hours weekly, not earning enough to provide gas to the car or transportation costs is not difficult to reconcile. In addition, social spending is a necessary ingredient to fuel the capitalist economy. Now, in deconstructing arguments to justify the economic exploitation of the poor in its relationship to unemployment, unemployment among the highly skilled is increasing. Technology and important innovation and production is experiencing thousands of unemployed and attempts to slow the exodus have not materialized. Perhaps attempts at slowing the termination of skilled workers is not perceived as a problem. In the world of the marketplace, technical innovation creates technology which requires less human labor. And requiring less labor, productivity increases, culminating in higher profits. Unlike employing, like, unlike employing poor workers at poverty wages to enhance profits, the reverse is true of eliminating individuals with high-paying jobs to increase profits. The common denominator between the two is, in the final analysis, capitalism and its acolytes benefit economic, even when the economic, even when, when that economic benefits hurts the economy by starving the government of tax revenues or buybacks of shares of to increase the value of stocks to benefit stockholders. Corporate tax rates, the result of legalized bribery using paid lobbyists, has resulted in 55 of the largest corporations paying zero federal taxes. Companies like Amazon, Nike, and FedEx, who consistently benefit from not paying federal taxes collectively, with other large corporations only contribute $370 billion a year toward government revenues, causing the government to lose $180 billion a year in revenue in 2022. Given U.S. corporations earn $3 trillion in non-financial business, $72 billion in bank revenues, Wall Street capitulation of $23 trillion in 2022, enough money exists 
many times over to ensure sufficient jobs, a green economy would be even more useful in job creation. Instead, U.S. corporations have mandated a plan that will ensure the dissolution of society in a dystopian future that ensures needless death and destruction. Mandates like ensuring 140 million people in absolute poverty, 17 million unemployed, or 2.3 million people incarcerated ensures creating a resolution for all, for all the ills in society will not be obtained. In its place are draconian measures that will only exacerbate social political problems that will contribute to instability and the unraveling of society itself. Currently, corporate planning has, in, has initiated increases in police and prison expenditures of $206 billion. Expansion of prison populations, despite decrease in violent crime, historically has been, has been, has been deemed profitable. Prisoners producing goods and services cheaper has been an effective business model. All that has changed. Starting in 2016, prison production exceeded prison sales, and as a result, prisons on average, both public and private, lost $3 million, and that's an average. This revelation is a fitting testimonial to the perils of U.S. corporations and control and why, and why socialism is preferable in society. So for those who don't understand the necessity of, of socialism in society, I certainly hope that would help, sort of help clear, it up, clear up why socialism is so important, uh, particularly this time in history. And I'll close with that, Brother Africa. Thank you, Brother Hakeem. Next, we go to Brother Anthony. Brother Anthony, what's going on in your world and the community? Okay. Uh, several, uh, several things. Uh, one, uh, the U.S. administration uh, U.S. government is ramping up uh, drone strikes in Somalia in order to maintain control over the Horn of Africa, which is important uh, to imperialists because uh, a large amount of the trade uh, that uh, goes on goes through the Suez Canal and the Red Sea which is in the vicinity of the Horn of Africa and uh, to the north of Somalia. And uh, let's see, and the U.S. Has, has tried to maintain its hegemony over uh, Somalia for several decades, going back to the, uh, to the late 60s when uh, when Somalia was still under uh, British uh, domination. And also, um, Howard, uh, another, uh, on the, uh, on, also on the military front, uh, Howard uh, University is, uh, is serving as a cover for U.S. imperialism by agreeing to become uh, agreeing to a $90 million Air Force contract, making Howard University a, uni uh, a university-affiliated research center. And this is the first HBCU in the U.S. to do so. And uh, what that means is that it intensifies the... Um, uh, the uh, uh, school to uh, military pipeline in, in in the service of U.S. imperialism, 
and uh, intensifies uh, neo-colonial uh, neo-colonialism uh, in the African diaspora and in Africa. Also, um, uh, let's see, the Zionists attacked, uh, uh, killed several Palestinians in Janine in Palestine uh, uh, last month. And, uh, you know, so uh, we see with this attack that, uh, that uh, neocolonialism and settler colonialism are intensifying uh this uh, that that the oppression of the uh, of the people of the world thank you brother anthony next we go from brother anthony to brother moses and we ask the question brother moses what's going on in your world and the community brother moses well, I don't know. There's such things as the news and what's what's um, popular in terms of um, interests of people um, as being politicized and and like this shot down the balloon that uh, China evidently had had the so-called spy balloon or whatever. That's the big news. Um, uh, Israel has been doing this thing. Um, um, I, that seems to be routine and regular these days. Uh, uh, it was built on terrorism, founded on terrorism, and exists on terrorism. And so, you know, um, I don't know what's, what, I don't expect anything new to come out of that. Um, uh, meanwhile, meanwhile, the, they're saying that they're going to hold the, the Democratic primary in South Carolina that started off this, this in 2024 in terms of the elections and stuff for the Democratic primary. So that's news. Uh, it may be relevant to, to um, whether or not Bernie Sanders is going to be able to make any headway in terms of um, politicizing people about work, working class situation, and and um, I think you know we need we need more information about our condition uh, in terms of economics and uh, and the political oppression we face with, uh, and uh, people like Bernie Sanders uh, help help. Get out that word. Uh, uh, um, it's a movement for peace and justice, and uh, and there are millions of people involved, and uh, there's a lot of so-called leaders, and uh, everybody has an opinion, and and um, I think somehow we've got to get together though as as a as a movement. Uh, I think the the People's Forum in New York City that's a step a big step forward. I think that's that's a very a light in the in this darkness. Uh, they have a platform for progressive people to speak from. Uh, uh, um, shows like Democracy Now uh, uh, help help spread the word. Uh, 
and certainly Africa on the move has helped spread the word. You know, there's a lot going on, but then there's this, the struggle is protracted, and and it's about winning the hearts and minds of the people, and it's, it seems like it's one person at a time these days, um, each one teach one, and and uh, hopefully the masses will will get lifted eventually. Uh, but I know the people united will never be defeated, and so we have to continue to work, and that's what I'm dedicated to. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Moses. And from Brother Moses, we now go to Sister Eleanor, and we ask the question, what's going on in your world and the community? Sister Eleanor. Well, as Brother Haki and Brother Moses and Brother Anthony mentioned, one, you see the um, high-tech industry uh, well beyond uh, Twitter just laying off uh, thousands of workers. Um, that is uh, a phenom- uh, unbelievable phenomena at this time in the United States. You also see that uh, the former uh, um, prime minister, uh, the former chancellor, uh, of Germany, uh, Mincha, uh the former Chancellor Angela uh, Merkel, uh, revealed that uh, the comprehensive 2015 diplomatic treaty uh, agreed to by the EU, the United States, Russia, and Kiev to end the civil war in eastern Ukraine was essentially subverted by the Ukrainians in an attempt to uh, buy time to expand its military capacity. And it appears that uh, the U.S. and others were uh, uh, did not uh, uh, prioritize the implementation of this treaty. And this speaks volumes when, you know, assessing the sincerity of the uh, position that the West has taken and certainly uh, the Ukraine. We also see the uh, right-wing government that was recently elected in Israel and the settlers attacking the Palestinians and murdering Palestinians not only are the Palestinians having to uh, fight for their lives with the Israeli military, but now you have the illegal settlers uh, in East Jerusalem as well as in the West Bank. And uh, this is a real atrocity when the world can stand by and see eight children murdered and a senior citizen murdered and say nothing and the erosion of uh palestinian farms you know the killing of livestock the uh, uh removal of trees you know not only harms that particular farm family but it harms mother earth 
it harms that community overall. It even indirectly harms the settlers. So we see these uh, backwards things going on, uh, uh, witnessing them in in, in uh, Israel. And as someone mentioned, the drone strikes in Somalia. Remember the day that when this war began on the 24th of, I don't know what uh, what, what month that was, but the number stands out. That very day, the U.S. had had a drone strike in Somalia. Now, here we are two years later, and they're drone strikes. And no one is standing up for uh, human rights, or people are standing up, but the mainstream media seems to be completely ignoring the people and the goals of the people. Uh, this is a horrific uh, situation when you see so little media coverage addressing the issue of what's going on in the world right now. Uh, in Brazil, uh, with Bolsonaro in Florida, why is he here not being extradited uh, with Israelis and our support. We saw the U.S. making a visit to Israel while the Israelis are killing Palestinians. So, you know, we've got to uh, stand up and and as someone, as Haki said, what are these politicians good for if, if they're just ignoring what's going on around them and uh uh this is a harm to the 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 state but we need to remember that uh on a local level is where politics begins when we take action to affect our immediate community and that's so important and we need to do that, and that makes us think twice about whom we elect to our state congress as well as the national congress. And uh, we we really have a fight on our hands, and uh, we're already pushing hard in 2023, and the primaries will be up before we know it, so we really need... To, to stand up. I was thinking of people like Fannie Lou Hamer uh, today. You know, I mean, this woman from Mississippi uh, had a voice and, and and power and moved the people. Many famous people did not want to speak after her because she was so moving and so knowledgeable of the needs of the people that they... Uh, chose not to speak after this woman. And she spoke at numerous universities and places throughout uh, the country. And I, and also, um, I think it was Harry Belafonte who raised money for her to visit Africa. Uh, And that was a great thing. And so I think the main thing happening with me right now is, you know, of course, Black History Month began February 1st, and it's thinking about uh, things like uh, 
what's happening with uh, education about uh, the descendants of uh, the slaves and, and, and education for everyone in this country. And uh, I'll leave it at that right now. So that's what's going on in my world. Thank you, Sister Eleanor. At this particular time, I'd like to raise one or two issues with the panelists today and the analysts, and I'd like to hear your perspective on it. You know, particular time, there seems to be an attack on erasing a little bit of history of African people in this country that we have. There seems to be a movement to erase um, African history. Now, in the process of trying to erase this history under the notion of this concept of critical thinking, in the process of rewriting books and not talking about slave owners and slaves, in the process of um, writing history, and there's just certain things that historically is true they want to admit. Now, given all of that, I'd like each one of y'all to address this issue of Right now, around at least the so-called big cities where you have large African population, they're talking about reducing the budget, the city budget. They over, um, they, they they can't maintain um, this deficit spending. Well, our solution at this point in time is to eradicate and get rid of urban schools, particular schools that majority of African people live in and students go to. For example, in Richmond, Virginia, there was a proposal in the city council where one city council member is proposing and they are considering getting rid of all of the mostly elementary and middle class schools and a couple of high schools that predominate Africans to just get rid of the schools to cut the budget, but they have not addressed what they can do with the rest of the students. Now, if you would have proposed that for any other group of people, you probably have a revolution today. Panelists, number one, what you make of the idea of just even putting the idea out there, come on, get rid of schools with no alternative to how you're going to um, address the large number of students will be, that will be out of uh, having any kind of formal education, and number two, there seems to be a continuation of uh, creating conditions that will be slave-like to re-enslave African people on the physical basis. We never said we were, never free, we were free from the beginning. We still fight for our freedom. But I just like for each one of y'all to look at this phenomenon and give me your take on how y'all view this as, a, as another means of um, attacking the African people. Start with you, Brother Haki. Give me your take on the phenomenon. Yeah, well, the, the bottom line, Brother Africa, and uh, let's be very, very clear on what's, what's happening in the society economically. Um, imperialism is under attack. Uh, capitalism is in decline. There's a tremendous amount of desperation among those positions of power, and they're trying to figure out ways in terms of preserving that power. And certainly one of the, things, one of the ways in which they can preserve that power is to keep people ignorant. If you keep people ignorant, they're much easier to control. And so when you talk about African history in terms of the impact, in terms of making people think more objectively in terms of what America really means, uh, it means that it creates problems for the, for the ruling class in terms of maintaining some stability 
because once people across the board, irrespective of the color of their skin, begin to understand that the system is fundamentally unjust and unfair, then they, 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 they fight against that system. And so people in the ruling class understand that, and increasingly more and more people are beginning to come to the realization that there's something fundamentally screwed in terms of you know, how the United States is structured. And so as far as the ruling class is concerned, what you want to do is you want to eliminate that threat uh, by eliminating education. Uh, and that's very, very important. And one of the things, you, you, when, you, when you talk about the fact that eliminating budgets around the country, uh, of course, when you talk about a society which, which centrally where corporations are centrally controlled, where they centrally make decisions, they determine, they determine the policy of the nation. As far as corporations are concerned, the only usefulness people have is to serve them. To that extent, you, you, know, you really don't need a lot of education in terms of, in terms of being able to, to do production work. You need some education in terms of technical skills, in terms of being able to do things technically. But that's a very relatively small number of people in the overall population. So as far as the corporation is concerned, uh, you know, the education, is, education is something that simply is, is, is not needed. And when it comes to African education, one of the things that you talk about, when you talk about the decline in the economy, you talk about increasingly African people coming to realization of who, who we are as a people and understand the origin of human beings and understand our capabilities. Increasingly, people in positions of power understand that that threat is being realized because increasingly more and more African children are growing up understanding that, in fact, you know, that they're not, that, that they're not slaves. They're not incapable of thinking. Uh, they're not capable of innovating. In fact, all these things they've done for hundreds of thousands of years. And so, therefore, you want to dispel this, 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 any, any knowledge in terms of Africans' contributions to the world, and in doing so, you exert a certain amount of control, which means that Africans are in a strategic position to educate others in terms of African history. And so people in positions of power want that, that scenario which African people are not in a position to actually educate the world in terms of African history. And this is, this is part and parcel of why you're seeing all of these attacks. And so when you talk about critical race theory, the attack on it. Critical race theory is nothing more than an evaluation of, of, of U.S. institutions. That's all it is. And it's taught on, an educa- on, on a university level. It's not taught in junior, junior high school. It's not taught in high school. It's certainly not taught in elementary school. But the mere fact they want to money the waters, they want people to believe that, in fact, this, this concept is being taught across the board and it must be discredited and it must be attacked. And all of that, again, all that, again, all that is all, and again, all that's all about limiting education. And so by limiting, by, 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 by creating this, boogie, this boogeyman in terms of critical race theory, uh, any critical discussion around racism, the institutions that form racism or the benefits of racism in the context of capitalist society uh, becomes non-issues. And that's precisely they want. They want these, all things, these things to become non-issues. And when you talk about enriching Virginia, you talk about the fact that someone will actually propose, let's just shut down the schools. Uh, we understand that there are budgetary shortfalls. But the budgetary shortfalls are not going to come from other areas in terms of how the economy is organized. It's going to come specifically from the educational sector. Now, if you take money from the educational sector, then essentially what you're doing is you're saying these children have no future. That's essentially what you're saying. And you're absolutely correct. Most people, if they tried that in the more affluent neighborhoods in, in Virginia, and they tried that and said something like that, or would it be serious pushback and that kind of thing? The mere fact that there hasn't been a lot of pushback from Africans in Richmond speak to a large extent in terms of the, the, the cultural acculturation or the cultural conditioning of so many African people to accept that which is handed to them. And so there's a great uh, tendency of a great propensity among Africans, but middle-class Africans or well-off Africans, to accept that which the system tells them to accept. 
So if they say, let's close the schools off, forget about these kids, you've got a lot of Africans, middle class, upper middle class Africans, who would embrace those concepts out of the guys that embrace those concepts somehow their job is not threatened. So that class element is very much an issue in terms of the lack of pushback. When we talk about when this guy makes a statement about closing schools, you know, uh, 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 at the expense of the children, it should have it should have it should be should be intense pushback on such a concept. And the mere fact that Africans own the city council didn't push back speaks values in terms of the mindset of these politicians who are supposed to represent the interests of the people. Uh, it speaks in values in terms of you know just where they are in terms of fighting for the interests of the masses of people. So I'm going to say that in closing, Brother Africa, I'll simply say that, you know, one of the things that we, we, we came to miss, we just miss the fact that when we talk about a declining economy and we talk about the U.S. sanctions, all of that on, on the international level is geared toward weakening the world economically to ensure the longevity of U.S. imperialism or U.S. On Western control. But the problem is that moves are being made by countries like, 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 like uh, Russia, countries like China, or countries like Russia, like Venezuela, countries like Nicaragua, uh, the BRIC nations, you know, they're 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 pushing back, and so therefore, so these, so when they do these sanctions, the the impact is more so on the people in this country, not people around the world. It's slowing progress in terms of you know in terms of in terms of economic progress around the world, but not not as greatly as it's imposing economic devastation on the people right here in America, and so this is what people have to fundamentally understand. So we talk about all these these cuts, uh, they're desperate. So we got to understand. And when we talk about these cuts, and particularly when we talk about cuts to education, understand, when they talk about cuts to education, they're targeting working or poor people, and specifically African people. That's specifically who they're targeting in terms of educational cuts. So when so we talk historically in terms of uh, Africans not having access to education, they understand it's a recurring theme in terms of, you know, uh, not providing Africans with access to education, and we as a people have to understand fully that this is a war, and it's a war in which they have to partake, and I'll close with that. Thank you, Brother Hakeem. Brother Anthony, your analysis of the situation. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know much about Richmond in particular, but one of the things that comes to mind is uh, at the time they're talking about cutting funding for education, are they are they also uh, talking about uh, are they also talking about increasing funding for police in order to uh, in order to fight crime? Because uh, it seems uh, the the trend seems to be that, uh, that 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 cities are willing to cut everything. Except the budget they they spend on on, on police, and um, you know, I, and I'm I'm curious as to whether Richmond falls into that same category or not, uh, because uh, in addition to all the factors that uh, that Brother Haki raised. Uh, let's see. They are uh, then, 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 then they're cutting funding for education, and they're also increasing funding for uh, and militarizing police in order to exert greater control over the uh, the uh, the masses of uh, of African people. 
who uh, who will uh, who will who are and will continue to resist their oppression, regardless of how uh, of how poorly uh, organized uh, we are. But uh, you know, my, uh, you know, I think I, I think that's a factor in terms of uh, you know not having uh, you know uh, uh, you know funding for edu- for adequate education, and it reminds me of a practice that took place during the days of chattel slavery, in which uh, Africans the, uh, the the uh the masses of enslaved Africans were forbidden to learn how to read and write. And so the, 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 the ruling class has always understood that knowledge uh, and education are key to, uh, to, to, to liberation and to, uh, and to a better way of life. And, uh, and in order to suppress that, uh, enslaved Africans were forbidden to learn how to read and write in, 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 in most cases, and uh, this seems to be a, a to be a, a, a similar misstep uh, taken in the name of uh, uh, you know saving money and cutting budgets. Thank you, brother Anthony, and brother Anthony. By the way, the pattern that you raised about consistently talking about funding the police and also happening in that city. So it's something that's taking place all over the country and seems to be very well coordinated and not just um, an incident in certain areas. Seems like there's a national coordinated effort to create the climate to be able to do this. And I'm just really curious in terms of um, where are these so-called Africans, uh, educators, intellectuals, counselors, scientists, why there are no pushback, at least led by them, if nobody else. Um, if we continue to see this kind of education, what good is the value of education that teaches you to be subservient to other people? Having the fact that I have state, stated that, Brother Moses, give me your take on this phenomenon. Yeah. The police. Hmm. We we live in an occupied territory um, in terms of the government of the United States of America um, policing the United States of America in the interest of a few people and who have private property and and own the means of production and distribution in this country, and so the state protects and looks out for their interests. That's number one. And we have to understand that and, and accept that and, and know that we need, in order, in order to, to change that, you have to have a party that is capable of ruling um, the government and, uh, and looking out for the interests of the masses of the people. And it happened to maintain itself in power, sustain itself in power, which requires political and economical resources and a whole lot of factors. Uh, but the main thing is if you have the people 
you have you'll have what you need if you have the people. And so uh, the struggle. Um, I'm not I'm not exactly sure if I'm on point in terms of what your question is. Uh, um, My question is, Brother Moses, what you make of proposals that are taking place around the country where they want to get rid of many urban schools, which particularly will affect African children. Well, I was right. talking about but, how they can replace what they can do with the children who no longer have schools to go to. Right. So you, they like it was illegal for to teach Africans to read and write. You know, as they said, and you know, and you know, this tradition of of keeping the masses ignorant and, and um, so that the ruling class can continue to rule and and they have their working class uh, drones um, who who just follow instructions and uh, and um, you know the. The only the, the real education uh, uh, that they want to give out is is, is vocational education, a, a, a education that will give you a job in in the, in the capitalist wage slavery system. Um, the, the the education that's geared towards you becoming a worker in a specific job. Uh, um, there's no generalized. Um, uh, a pursuit of, uh, of knowledge and humanity, and uh, growing as a as a human being and contributing to humanity uh, according to the gifts that one receives uh, as a human being. Uh, the schools, you know, the vote, the the suppressing the vote. It's all all the same thing. It's the the oppression of 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 African descendants and slave descendants and uh, and people of color in general um, is is well documented and so uh, this oppression is nothing new uh, it's nothing uh, uh, extraordinary uh, we just become conscious of it hopefully and the more people become conscious of it maybe we can try to do something to rectify it. Uh, uh, but, yeah, you know, we've been oppressed as a people. We've been brought here as slaves, um, tried to keep us from communicating, tried to keep us from reading and writing, tried to do anything that would empower us, voting, anything that would make us uh, equal citizens in just terms of the the, the Constitution uh, that was no no, and, uh, and it continues to be a no no for for a lot of people. And uh, unfortunately, you know, we as a people have internalized that that uh, the oppressor's mentality, and so we we're not even trying to um, um, exercise any kind of citizenship rights. Uh, we we basically uh, become complicit in our own oppression, and. Uh, but anyway, um, I'll leave it right there. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Moses. You know, you made a statement where you sort of participate on oppression. There also may be an indication of the nature of the education that we have internalized to receive. But moving forward, Sister Eleanor, talk to us. What do you think, of this, think about this phenomenon, Sister Eleanor? 
Uh, what phenomenon are you talking about? The closing of the schools? Yes, sister, I don't know. Yes, yeah. The closing of the schools is uh, an example of um, uh, the current political oppression. I was sitting here thinking about Thurgood Marshall, and I think it was October uh, 1st, 1967, that he was placed on the um, Supreme Court. And one of his biggest issues, Brother Africa, was education, education, for us to be able to have access to public schools, to have, be taught by black teachers, um, and and uh, that was very important, that we not only have uh, access to schools, but to be taught by black teachers. Now, he he lived in Baltimore. His great-grandfather moved to Baltimore because Baltimore was known to be a, a, a city where slaves could buy their freedom. And his, his he was a descendant of a slave who purchased their freedom and became the owner of a large grocery store. He commuted uh, from Baltimore to Howard University to attend law school because he couldn't afford the rent and, or to live in the District of Columbia. He attended Lincoln University. But what got him on that Supreme Court, Brother Africa, was his work for civil rights, but in particular around the issue of educating black people to have access to quality schools, to learning materials. Now, here we are. Here we are 50-some years later, and we're in a crisis where uh, the very issues that Thurgood Marshall was fighting before he became a member of the Supreme Court, we're facing again inequality in education. Now, um, this is not only happening in Baltimore, it's happening. What This is happening in Richmond, you said, brother. Where are these schools being closed? Brother yes, Africa. Yes. It's, it's in, it's in, in Richmond, Richmond, Philadelphia, you name it. It's a, it seems like to be an organized plan throughout the country to do that. It, it does right now, quite frankly. It does seem like a, 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 a strategy, just as in Jackson, Mississippi, whereas we speak, the people still are struggling to have clean water, and it's a predominantly black city, and it's the uh, capital of Mississippi. We see these issues of water in, in Flint, Michigan, and we see inequality in the school system in all of these areas. We see a great city where there was a strong middle, black middle class in Baltimore, devastated. And and they're tearing the city up block by block. And they're not building schools. We see this issue in, in Richmond. 
But there was also a discussion in in Woodridge, uh, Virginia, where they were going to, instead of building new schools, they were going to have a group of children, and I don't know if this is this situation, where they were going to have them uh, broken up from their current situation and close the facility and have them spread out to three different schools where they would be bused. And you're hearing this issue where children that are able to go to neighborhood schools and have access to after-school programs in their neighborhoods, these African children, these black American children, um, and we are Africans, but that you see them being uh, stripped of these few uh, equitable in- issues at a very young age, which deprives them of an education, which pushes the people backwards when you're doing this to the children. And um, this is where we have to stand up uh, to the school boards and make this uh, un- unacceptable issue. We have to remember the impact that we can have on our local communities by taking action. You, we have to never forget how uh, African Americans in L.A. made such a fuss over uh, something that uh, John Webb brought to the attention of the public, but African Americans became aware of it uh, also. Uh, how crack was put in the community just to finance the war in Nicaragua, and it was undermining the black community until they forced forced the then head of the CIA to resign. Well, when you see these schools being closed, it's time for action. It's time to make sure that you're at those school board meetings and you're calling your own meetings and you're making your voice heard right where you stand in your community, where those schools exist. That's where you have to make it known because school board uh, representatives are elected, and they can also, and you have to really think about these things, and you have to make sure that there are local local newspapers, the Afro or the whether you have an informer in your community, whatever it is, that they are running editorials on these issues just as they are. You know, 600 black children are being dislocated from their schools. They're being deprived of having an education where they are being taught by black teachers, where they have black aides. They're being deprived of quality education where they have a chemistry lab, where they have a garden, where they learn natural science, where they're able to learn about the flora and the fauna in their community. You have to bring that and make those list those things out and make sure that the public knows how you feel and what your concerns are for your children and the children in your community, whether you have children or not. 
you have to stand solid collectively. I think that's the solution to that problem. That's a begin beginning solution I likely can do to solve that problem rather than just talking about it. I think we start by talking about it, but then we take action to uh, resolve that problem, to reverse that action. Thank you, Sister Eleanor. At this point in time, this is Africa on the Moon. It's a community project under the banner of the African Awareness Association. As you know, recently I was able to travel with the African Awareness Association as well as some other groups to Cuba. And next week we'll have a special report for you. So stay tuned next week. Make sure you dial in. And at this particular time, we're going to take a rubbish break. And when we come back, we're going to go into our transition of our theme today. Things we don't want to talk about. Or things we don't talk about. So this is Africa on the Move. We'll be right back. Scholars and scientists now concede that Africa is the birthplace of mankind. Africans were the first builders of civilization. They discovered mathematics, invented writing, sciences, engineering, medicine, religion, fine arts, and built the Great Pyramids, an architectural achievement which still baffles modern science. The 225th Emperor, 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 direct descent from Solomon and the Queen of Sheba, Sheba, Sheba. He is the King of Kings, the Lion of Judah. Educate yourself of Africa To liberate yourself Africa Keep your head up high No more will we cry Our history that they stole Africa Is written in our souls Africa What you were Well, well Ships that sailed to distant places Robbed us of our rights and words History says that you betrayed Talking of the God you serve Here's a rumbling in the sky Here's that dark for father's cry And today we're still in I'm on trial with the man, she my co-defendant And I demand her attention, can you focus woman? I'm getting closer to the sky every time I hit it Holly Selassie, power of the trinity Soul made in Niger, my wife made in Italy White man's world that I'm living in some state But it was Africa, the continent we all came from Can't nothing come between me and you So before I have seeds, gotta understand my roots Gotta understand the truth, we is all kings round here Life's not all fair, work till we fall, dear Lord 
on my body's in the U.S., my heart's there. I can never be ashamed of her. I got my features and my name from her. Mama Africa. The richest place on earth. Know just what you're worth. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. 
president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. I took back my eyes and all black tonight. That's right, some niggas got a sacrifice. Not a criminal. No, I'm a seminal. Yeah. I was free once, now I'm clinical. You so technical. This was Mexico. Now everywhere I go is owned by Mexico. Fuck them. Fuck them and the rest Hell of you. Yeah. I turn a phone to a black popo. I'ma roll with the aliens. Man, fuck these homo sapiens. They don't really wanna make friends. All they want is a Mercedes Benz. All they want is they dividends and decibels. Fuck these citizens. They'll treat us like hooligans. Throw him in, they don't care what school he in. These people don't play fair. It ain't even fair at the state fair. Give a young nigga gray hair. That's why I'm here. Make your ass lay there. You better stay there. Close your fucking eyes like a daycare. Make myself clearer than Shakespeare. I'm here to take money, even fake hair. So desperate is what I'm left with. For the record, you affected. Who you elected is so septic. So full of shit, I can't accept it. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. I reside on the west side. I murder with my third eye. Nigga so fly, get a bird's eye. I make him scream bloody murder. Let's meet at the White House. Run in and turn the lights out. Man, they treat it like a trap house. Yeah. These motherfuckers never take the trash out. Damn. They just cash out and mash out. Nigga, take your drugs and pass out. Niggas love to go that fast route. Yeah. I see you when your black ass get out. Homie, you play too much. Yeah. Why these devils, they doing way too much. Most of them won't say too much. Why they steady planning? God knows what. That's why I roll with the real ones. Real ones, trying to reach millions. Real ones, trying to make billions. Real ones, dressed like civilians. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. That's right. Liberate yourself, Africans. Unify Africans. And if you can do it yourself, that's the only way it's going to be done. We welcome you back to Africa on the Moon. We're in the seat, and we're going to take the heat. As we define it, we're going to stand behind it. We may not give you what you want, but we'll do our best to give you what you need. This is, after all, Africa is on the move. At this point in time, we make a transition to things we don't talk about. Panelists and analysts, that was an interesting article, and I have some reservations about the article, though, because one of the sources said they couldn't quite really confirm the story, but I would just like to deal with just the essence of the idea of it. And this article is titled, Black U.S. Soldiers Told to Stay Away from Those White Women in Video. Now, when I saw that story, um, a lot of things came to mind, and it seems to be a continuation of 
this question of inferiority, this question of um this question of, you know, the reality, um this question that we don't recognize humanity of all people. We are all human beings. And this question about, you know, why is it that a certain sector of, 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 of women, in this case, European women, are seen as something of more value than other women? So, panelists, I'm just wondering, when you read this article, what were some of the things that came to your mind? Start with you, Brother Haki. <laughs> yeah, well. I yeah, brother. I, I agree with you, brother Africa. When I when I read the article, and I I read it about uh, I read it about a couple months ago, originally. And uh, you know, when I read it, you know, I'm like, hmm, this this is a very unusual article. I mean, certainly we understand that uh, racism is pervasive. In fact, the U.S. in its intelligence community, along with Western, well, other Western intelligence, has done a very good job in terms of formatting racism throughout the world. And certainly, I understand that. But to present an article about, you know, some Polish individual yelling at a black soldier about, you know, stay away from white women, you know, uh, I, 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 it, it, so for me it came across as incredulous. You know, I really didn't believe it. Uh, you, you know, uh, certainly it serves the interests of propaganda. Certainly, if you want to promote the, promote the notion that, you know, racism is just so pervasive that people just willing, you know, to engage in racist behavior in a manner which is so so blatant. You know, it offends the senses. Uh, of course, that's that's the interest of, of, of propaganda. Uh, but but one of the things is you know um, the way in which it, it plays itself out. And in fact, the, the the alleged African soldier who was being taunted, you know, by this individual, uh, his response was was very I thought unusual. I think one of the things is that you know for you know to be called inward, it's not something that you know you take cavalierly. You know what I mean? It's going to evoke a response. But according to the article, apparently, it didn't evoke a response from this African soldier. I'm like, huh, that's interesting. I don't care where I am. If some if some somebody called me uh, called me the N word, you know, <laughs> you know, listen, it's going to be a res- it's going to be a response. It may not be physical, but it's going to be a response. I'm going to say something. I'm not just going to look at him and, and smile and keep walking. It's just not going to happen. So so for uh you know uh, for him to be so calm, I'm like, hmm. This is very interesting. So, I, so I wondered to what extent did this 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 narrative show the interest of, of, of propaganda, to the extent that it pervaded the notion that you know racism is just so pervasive, just so natural, it's just a common occurrence, and to paint an entire country, in this case Poland, as, as so you know these 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 raving racists. You know, I, I thought it was interesting. I thought it had um, it had no probative value. I think the only value really had was the fact that it was it's propaganda propagandistic. And so, you know, I, I you know, I, 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 I just, brother, I, I agree with you. I just thought it was, was just some, some real slick propaganda. And, uh, you know, because the thing is that even if a person is racist, and uh, in, in, let's say in Poland they're racist, you know what I mean, um, uh, it seems a bit extreme to go out your way in terms of, in a public in a public place, to go out of your way in terms to express that racism. I mean, you can, you, I mean, you can have the racism without expressing it, you know, in a, in a manner in which, Likely it would provoke, you know, a response. So I, 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 I saw the article as somewhat suspect, and I close with that. Brother Hacking, you hit on the head. I had the same kind of um, thinking that you just espoused. Um, it seemed like some more maybe a U.S. propaganda machine to try to whip up more of this confusion. 
Well, anyway, let's go to Brother Anthony. Brother Anthony, what was your take on this article? Uh, let's see. I I thought I thought it it it, it was possible even uh, that the uh, you know, but I thought it was rather uh rather it's rare for 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 Europeans to express that kind of hostility uh you know uh toward africans in the, you know in that in that fashion uh even even though uh even though i've heard uh from uh from some africans that in some ways europeans in europe can be more blatantly racist than uh than uh than than than, than, than Euro- europeans uh here uh, even though, uh, even though it surprised me that that this European will go, uh, uh, you know, go out of his way to express that level of hostility towards, uh, you know, uh, you know, U.S. soldiers, um, you know, but uh, you know, but I think, but 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 to me, given. Uh, Europe's racist history. It does. It, it does seem to me plausible it could have occurred. It just seems to uh, you know to be unusual for because usually Europeans when they attack uh, you know other ethnic groups they usually do it in groups, not uh, not individually. Uh, you know uh, uh, like this European is alleged to have done. But, uh, you know, and uh, even though it was verbal, you know, uh, you know, it, it, it does sound a little suspicious to me. Uh, now, a group of Europeans uh, d- uh, doing that sort of thing, that wouldn't, uh, that wouldn't surprise me, given Europe's history. And it's, uh, and, uh, you know, the, the the hostility they have toward uh Africans African and African people. So. Thank you, Brother Anthony. Let's move to Brother Moses. Brother Moses, what's your take on this article? Are you with us, Brother Moses? I think we yeah, yeah, so I'm, I'm here. I'm here. It's been a long day for me, uh, uh what about of it? Um, um, the article. Um, the the article. Which article are we talking about? We're talking about the article, talking about the article that is titled "Black U.S. Soldiers Told to Stay Away from Those White Women" in video. Yeah. Yeah. Well, racism, you know, it's is prevalent in in a lot of capitalist societies, and uh, you know, um, it's not surprising that uh, such a statement would be made. Uh, um, you know, we, you know, we, you know, they they told the French women that we had tails and from World War Two and. I don't know there's there's always um been been uh derogatory uh remarks made and claims 
put upon us uh, in order to keep us restricted to to working working slavery and not to be seen and not heard. Uh, I don't I don't have a lot to say on it right now. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Moses. And now going to Sister Eleanor. Sister Eleanor, your take on the situation. Sister Eleanor. Well, um, the one thing was um, the U.S. Army Director of Media Relations, a guy named Terrence Kelly, spoke to Newsweek about the footage and said the U.S. Army uh, officials are currently reviewing the video's authenticity. Um, and 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 not only did the guy uh, talk about um, 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 uh, African Americans, Black American soldiers, but he continued. You are in a white country now, and we don't worship. And he called, used the N word, and Mexicans. So, um, you know, it's authenticity things. Uh, that made me think it may not be authentic because I don't think people in Poland are calling all Hispanic people in the United States or um, uh, Mexicans. You know, um, we have an extraordinarily diverse community. And uh, the soldiers were commended for, uh, and should be commended if it's real or not. Well, if it's real, they should certainly be commended for uh, not being provoked by this kind of assault. At the same time, if this is legitimate, uh, um, there should be action uh, taken to find the perpetrator, and they should be charged with uh, uh, race crimes. You know, um, the issue is when are we going to fully enforce uh, these race hate crimes as they affect black people as they affect uh, um, African-Americans, the former, uh, the descendants of the former slaves, the builders of this nation. When are we going to begin to see that race crimes are addressed as just that, as hate crimes, and to make no doubt about it? And this makes me think of Tyree Nichols, in that the five officers were black, but it's still a race-hate crime. So I hope they're charged with that crime in addition to all the others, the EMTs and everyone else. But in reference to this, this, this footage, it's authenticable, but what's sad about it is how many people have viewed it and the person who put it up on the internet it's called Havoc 6 and they are wreaking havoc Havoc 6 who is a quote U.S. Army engineer and captain according to his Twitter profile 
and he praised the soldiers for not engaging with uh, the person recording despite their uh, frustration. So that's kind of odd that a um, a, a U.S. Army engineer and captain would put post this on his Twitter account. I don't think that was uh, uh, appropriate. I think it uh, helps uh, promote hate and racism. I think that it should have been uh, found out whether or not it was authentic and uh, it should have been handled differently. And definitely right now, Havoc 6 should be um, found out who he is and uh, disciplinary action should be taken against him. I'm not suggesting that he be treated like Julian Assange, but I'm suggesting that um, there be some type of orientation to let people know why we don't want to promote uh, racist uh, actions towards uh, African people and 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 the fact that 800,000 people have looked at this thing uh, at the time of the publishing of this article in November of 2022. God knows how many people, and, and let me t- retract that, uh, uh, it's unbelievable how many people may have seen it already since then. I mean, this, as Brother Haki said, he saw it some time ago, and uh, uh, this was published in November 23rd, 2022. So uh, I, I, that's all I have to say about it is that it is itself seems to be um, promoting uh racism is not the kind of thing thing that is being aired uh, to be aired is not productive it is counterproductive and it in itself is abusive of of uh the african community and the four persons that were uh in the video I have a problem with Havoc uh, 6. Thank you, Sister Eleanor. You know, one other point is, I don't know why they would highlight one individual as an example and make an issue out of one person and condone the whole country. It's all seems suspect, like you have indicated. Let's move forward to our next article as we discuss things we don't talk about. And I think right now we need to start learning our uh, using our common sense and understanding basic science. That was um, an interesting article. We suggest everybody to Google it if they get a chance to read it. Because it may be beneficial considering what's going on right now, uh, health-wise, the viruses, and, and how to best protect our body naturally. Um, the article is titled, How to Use Food to Boost Your Immune System. That's right, how to use food. To produce, to boost your immune system. Now, the assumption is these foods that we are eating are organic foods and not these GMOs. But be that as it may, 
it talks about the various different types of immune systems, what they do, and then talk about how to use certain foods to um, increase our immune systems to fight about to fight against these various uh, foreign articles that may come into your body. Uh, when you read this article, Brother Haki, I thought it very germane to what's going on today, and maybe our people need to go back to some basic understanding. Uh, maybe how to best protect ourselves and not rely on the so-called America, uh, medical association and their recommendations. Because clearly they have to make money, not to really improve people's lives and health. Your response to the article, Brother Haki? Yeah, well, yeah, well, there, there's no question. Uh, the the Western medical model is about profitability. It's not about the prevention of medical issues. In that regard, uh, so when we talk about the importance of food uh, being a source of, uh, you know, uh, making it possible to create necessary antibodies to fight against various uh, infections, uh, unfortunately, in the context of the Western society, uh, the, those kind, that kind of information gives a sh- very, very short play. As a matter of fact, uh, one of the ironies is that when you talk about medical professions, uh, they don't get a course in terms of nutrition, in terms of the impact on the human body. Most of them don't have a clue in terms of what that relationship is in terms of the human body. So I think you're absolutely correct, Brother Africa. I think we have to have a common sense perspective in terms of, you know, uh, you know what we consume and don't consume uh, in terms of, you know, in terms of, you know, what is best best of our health. But I do have a caveat, and I think that is, Brother Africa, I think, one of the things that we make an assumption that, in fact, that when we talk about the, 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 the importance of food, we're talking about it in the context that we're talking about food that's organic. We're talking about food, you know, that's not the result of some, some laboratory manipulation in terms of splicing genes in terms of the creation of, of certain type of, of, of vegetables and fruits. The problem is that there's outstanding information or scientific inquiry in terms of just how effective in terms of nutritional value a lot of this food has simply a lot of it's produced, uh, you know, um, um, in in laboratories, and so in that regard, so when we talk about um, um, GMOs or genetically modified organisms, we talk about those kinds of foods. The question is, you know, whether or not those foods have any nutri- nutritional value, and that, of course, is a very, 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 um, uh, uh, very, a, a very much concerning con- uh, a, a question in terms of, you know, its impact, you know, on the human body. I think one of the things is that because we're talking about the Western modern, we talk about the the prominence in terms of making money. Uh, you know, we understand that creating, you know, using GMO to grow food, of course, it 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 it, 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 it serves as a powerful incentive in terms of profitability. But the same token, it also doesn't necessarily provide the nutritional value that people need in terms of being able to fight off these various antigens or, or germs that enter the body. Farm, you know, farm bodies that enter the, the human body. Uh, so, Brother Africa, you know, one of the things I think that it, it all boils down to, I think, is important that we begin to understand the importance of organic food, and as such, you know, unfortunately, in the context of capitalist society, uh, the wealthy are buying up all the land, all the arable land, all the land that you could actually grow stuff on is being brought up by the wealthy. Their uh, their obligation is not to humanity. Their obligation is to their bottom line is to make as much profit as they can. They understand by cornering the, the market for, 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 for agricultural land, they understand that they have the potential to make lots and lots of money exist. And they can do that, not necessarily, you know, having, you know, producing organic products, 
but simply by having by virtue of having the land and having having the seeds in which scientists can use to splice with other with other seeds in terms of reducing vegetables in the laboratory, it's going to going to wield them a lot 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 lots of money. And so they understand that. And but unfortunately, I think it's important that you know we have to think seriously as a population in terms of the usefulness in terms of organic food. And this whole notion in terms of scarcity, I think, has to be reputed. I mean, disputed. Uh, one of the things that we talk about, we know that for for a fact that the country of, of um, the Congo, Democratic Republic of the Congo, the Congo itself can feed enough arable land and can feed the world itself. So this question of the scarcity is something we have to think is simply man-made. And so when capitalists talk about scarcity, they're talking about justification for increasing profits or elevating profits, the, the price the price margins in order to elevate profits. They're not as concerned about the, the overall health of the human human beings. They're concerned in terms of, you know, the most profit the most profit they can achieve, you know, by virtue of, of ownership of land. And so in that context we so when we talk about scarcity, we have to understand constantly scarcity in this, in this political context. And then this sort of see scarcity as something that objectively exists, but it's something that is manufactured by a capitalist for the purpose in terms of to keep prices high to ensure profitability. So clearly, uh, the, the terms of land use is important in terms of creating organic, uh, uh, organic, uh, you know, fruits and vegetables, uh, which are the best interest of humanity, particularly when we talk about human health. But in order to do that, we have to understand fundamentally, you know, that there's going to have to be a fight because people in positions of power who control corporations who control the politics of society uh, are making tons and tons of money in terms of selling the land to wealth, very wealthy people. And so, therefore, they're not likely to sacrifice that business model. So it, it, so it comes upon the mass of the people to fight for land in terms of ensure the, the viability of the kind of food that, that's, that's being disseminated, you know, in these marketplaces, the kind of food that we consume. Uh, so organic food is key, but but the reality is that given the fact that a lot of stuff that we consume is not organic, uh, is, is you know, um, raises the question in terms of just how healthy is this food that we're consuming. And I close with that. Thank you, Brother Haki. Brother Anthony, your take on this article, How to Use Food, Boost Your Immune System. Brother Anthony, your take. I think this article gives uh, some, uh, some useful information on sources of certain uh, nutrients, uh, uh, certain vitamins, and what and, 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 and what have you. Uh, uh, you know, certain uh, you know certain food sources. But again, as uh, you know, as Haki uh, pointed out. Uh, at least in in, in in capitalist countries in particular, you're not sure if um, if what you're consuming is is actually uh, safe or natural, and uh, and uh, and and uh, that's the that's the, uh, the uh, that's the problem. And that only only be uh, 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 only be resolved with uh, when the people are organized to overthrow capitalism and all of its manifestations, including imperialism, racism, Zionism, etc. But all of these systems are 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 out there to exploit the masses of the people. And it's until the people get organized enough to say enough of this that that it'll come to an end. 
but it but it is useful for people that are that are looking for options other than relying on on uh, on, uh, on on drugs in order in order to boost their immunity. And uh, so I, you know, that's about all, all I could uh, add to what what's been said so far. Thank you, Brother Anthony. We go to Brother Moses. Brother Moses, your take on this article. Okay, okay. The I had that article in the mind, memorizing it. And now it slipped my mind again. Um, um, the subject matter is what? How to use food to boost your oh, right, immune system. Right, right. I knew it. Yeah, I had that in yeah, Right, food. Um, the, yeah, health is our only wealth. I mean, if we get down to it, if we get down to it, if we not going to have a take care of number one, take care of the body, the man and the soul, um, we we can't really function as as a productive member of society uh, properly, and so we have an obligation to society to take care of ourselves to to be as healthy as possible, and uh, and before before pursuing um, all the various activities that we can get in and into as human beings, uh, we should. We should pry towards our health. Uh, this article talks about food and uh, the immunity system, and uh, and uh, I mean, I try to eat a lot of broccoli myself personally. Um, uh, I try to get green things. Uh, 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 I I had my boosters and all that stuff, and about six months ago or so, when I got COVID-19, uh, I was asymptomatic. Um, I just had the symptom, um, test positive, but uh, I, I don't know. It didn't have any symptoms that I knew of. Uh, I, I think my immune system is in pretty good shape because I'm, I'm taking care of it uh, on a daily basis. And, and I suggest that everyone, you know, do their best to maintain their health first. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Moses. Thank you. Go to Sister Eleanor. Sister Eleanor, your take on this article. Well, I thought um, I thought it was very helpful, and um, it's very important. There's certain things we can um, include in our daily or weekly diet, and it talked about um, the importance of uh, uh, controlling stress in our daily lives and the importance of getting adequate sleep, exercise, um, eating healthy, and staying hydrated. And when we talk about staying hydrated, you know, we can do that with tea and water. And it's important for us to use turmeric, I think, and as well as black pepper, to help the uptake of the turmeric every week, to have a couple of shots of vinegar, uh, you know, with a, if you need to, with a little molasses and water or just the vinegar and water, lemon and water, as well as 
trying to eat um, vegetables uh, such as uh, broccoli, uh, Brussels sprouts, um, um, spinach, kale, collard greens, and that kind of thing, as well as nuts. One nut that we can eat and very easily add to our diet is actually a seed is raw sunflower seeds. We can very easily add them to our salads. And it talks about, uh, uh, it mentions sunflower seeds and it mentions hazelnuts and almond oil, but we can also eat two or three almonds a day. Uh, and also the importance of, of fish oil, and that's the omega-3s. Uh, as well as carrots and squash, pumpkins are very important. The importance of iron, vitamin A, vitamin D, and vitamin E, as well as zinc. Zinc is very important for healing wounds and healing uh, open sores and injuries. And it talked about um, meat, but um, an alternative to meat, in terms of creating a protein uh, is to have uh, lentils or uh, um, beans and having them with a a carbohydrate um, can be helpful. Uh, Quinoa, to have quinoa and beans, to have uh, um, um, tofu, you know, oysters, something um, local from around the Maryland, Virginia area. Um, seafood in, in particular, and they talked about red meat. But in, in, in particular, if we go beyond the, the red meat and just try to focus on having those things such as plenty of water, Having tea, whether it's black tea or 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 uh, green tea, is so important, and I think we can do that in our day-to-day life. Um, uh, for example, this week, kale, the large ba- bag of washed kale and collard greens are on sale for two ninety-nine. And uh, that's, I think, a two-pound bag, or uh, it might be even a three-pound bag. But it's usually four ninety-nine. But it's on sale uh, in the giant supermarkets, which is a chain that's up and down the East Coast, um, Maryland and Virginia. I think that uh, our nutrition is so important. And um, some of these, uh, some of these uh, um, foods that, uh, like vitamin A, is a real anti-inflammatory vitamin, and uh, uh, combined with vitamin E and folic acid is a, a great help. Uh, magnesium and zinc. To the body, and you can get it naturally, or you can take supplements. Um, now, the thing is, with supplements, uh, supplements in this country aren't regulated, so you don't know the quality or the intensity of the 
supplement. But it's very important to keep that spinach, kale, strawberries, uh, blueberries, broccoli, carrots, vitamin E, uh, peanut butter also. Get sugar-free peanut butter if you can. Or almond butter, you know, sesame tahini. A simple recipe for hummus is just um, if you have to take a can of uh, chickpeas and uh, open it, wash them, put them in a blender, add some sesame oil, add lemon juice, add your garlic, your parsley, and uh, a tad of. cotton oil or flaxseed oil, mix it up and you have a quick hummus. You can flavor it as you like once it's blended, but you've already got your primary ingredient ingredients, which is your chickpeas, uh, lemon juice, a tad of flaxseed oil, and you have your uh, uh, garlic and that I think I said parsley um, already. I know I mentioned it the first time, but you got a basis for your sesame tahini, something high in pro, um, um, your hummus with the sesame tahini and the chickpeas. That's something you can make very quickly. And um, the thing is with beans, if you just simply chop onions, um, bell peppers, and place your beans in uh, vinegar and oil and keep them in the refrigerator and just add them to your salads uh, when when you eat. You know, just have some things prepared. And I think we can begin to share those kind of ideas with each other because as Brother Moses says, health is our greatest wealth. And as Brother Haiki said, the wealthy are trying to take over and control the land. But right now there's a big move. Uh, You see it up in Detroit and other communities where people are taking land back by making urban gardens. And one of the practices that used to occur in black communities, especially after World War II, was to have little even your front yard be a garden, you know, where you're raising your own tomatoes in the fall. You got your own collard greens and things that still, you know, um, don't go uh, to seed until late in the fall so you can have things from your own uh, food in your small garden from spring until late fall. So, There are a lot of things people are doing, and there are also black collectives that are doing this. So uh, you can form one or hunt down one in your community, and and there's a lot we can do with nutrition and serving children and the elderly and the disabled and the sick. Thank you, Sister Eleanor. Well, listen, audience, again, you take the time to learn what is your immune, what is the immune system. They talk about the different types of immune systems, such as you got your innate, you got your adoptive, and you have your passive immune system. 
and they give you listings and different things you can do to help and boost to help boost your system. And talk about the role of vitamins, the different type of vitamins uh, and minerals that one can take, and how it can improve the organs and the function of your immune system. So we advocate to those who hear this program, take them some time out and check this article out. How to use food to boost your immune system. It is of importance at this point in time. Excuse me for a second. I'm coming down with a cold, so thank you for bearing with me. So what we're going to do right now, we're going to move to the next article, talk about cleansing your liver. Now, Excuse me, your liver is very important in certain functions. And um, the recently they're talking about the liver and kidney disease. So we need to take a look at this. So start with you, Brother Haki. What, what can you add to the discussion about cleansing your liver? Yeah, well, I, I think one of the things, you know, you know, if we're sincere about protecting our liver, I think one of the things we have to do uh, we have to start consuming alcohol. You know, I, I know that's a very difficult uh, endeavor for a lot of folks. Uh, simply, when you, you know, when you in the context of American society and dealing with the contradictions of American society, uh, it's not easy. Uh, Sometimes uh, a drink is is is, is preferable. Uh, you know, uh, and so I do understand. You know, the the urges in terms of escape. Uh, when it comes to dealing with the mundane nature of American society and just to keep a job, the kind of um, uh, foolishness or the kind of politics you have to play in order to keep that job, and it does well on you. And certainly alcohol uh, gives provides somewhat of relief in terms of dealing with those those problems in which you are beyond your control. Uh, but I think that if we're serious about our liberty, I think we have to recognize the danger in terms of drinking, and we have to, if we can, totally not abstain from drinking, we can at least try to minimize the drinking. Uh, of course, for a lot of people, that's easier said than done. I mean, also, one of the things I think we, we have to do in terms of protecting liver, I think, you know, one of the things that the quality of water in American society is, is horrible. Uh, increasingly, the water, the water supply or the quality of water has been uh, on, 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 on a downturn. Uh, unfortunately, you know, again, the, the, the bottom line takes precedent over the quality of water. And as a context, the standards for the water has been, been in, in large part because of corporate uh, lobbying has been eased to a great extent. So a lot of the, uh, 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 the quality of the water that historically has been relatively safe to drink is now at, at such a level uh, that it uh, adversely impacts your liver. And of course, again, that has a lot to do in terms of in terms in terms of profitability, uh, in terms of you know um, uh, you know less less uh, less less money to treat water equals more profits. Unfortunately, it also means uh, when you don't treat the water, it means that it has a devastating impact on your liver. So it seems to me that one thing we have to contemplate is is a water filtering system, which can get expensive. I mean, it's not like you're going to keep them forever. I mean, you know, they have to change. Theoretically, you have to change them, you know, at least, relative speaking, you know, at least, you know, every other month you have to change them. So, you know, um, so I, but I think it's a good investment in terms of, uh, um, you know, uh, protecting your liver. And with that, Brother Africa, I'll close. 
Thank you, Brother Haki. Uh, before I go to Brother Anthony, let me just read a little segment from this article, Cleanse Your Liver. It says that located under the rib cage of the right side of the abdomen, your liver plays several important roles in the function of the body. The liver aids in digestion and metabolism and acts as a filter system for the blood, bringing down harmful substances into waste that expel from the body through urine and stool. Liver, liver dysfunction may cause the following symptoms. Yellowing of the skin and eyes, pain and swelling in the abdomen, swelling in the legs or ankle, changes in color of stool and urine, fatigue, loss of appetite, nausea, vomiting. These are some of the things that can cause you to take on these um, symptoms if your liver is not properly functioning. So, Brother Anthony, give us your analysis of this article. What did you take from it? Brother Anthony. Yes. Uh, well, let's see. There were uh, the, the, uh, they they point out several things uh, in terms of maintaining the liver, such as maintaining a healthy weight, eating a nutritious and balanced diet, getting regular exercise, avoid, uh, avoiding ha- harmful additives and chemicals, and uh, you know and. Uh, you know, and uh, you know, and avoiding uh, you know uh, excessive or continued alcohol or drug use. So, uh, so actually, uh, the 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 functioning of the liver is very important uh, for uh, you know to to watch what you put in your body, and uh, that seems to, to, to be the biggest takeaway I, I get from this article. Is that uh, is that it's uh, that it's important to maintain balance and to watch uh, what you put in your body. And uh, and uh, as uh, Brother Haki pointed out, in this society, that 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 that, uh, that, that that's a, a hell of a lot easier said than done. But. It, but it, it, it is the best way to maintain good liver health is watch what you uh, you put in your body. Thank you, Brother Anthony. Sister Eleanor, it talks about the importance of water, the various type of teas, the importance of grapefruit juice, what that does, uh, Tamarind water, it talks about lemon water, it talks about ginger water. These are all different kind of things you can take to help keep a functioning and healthy liver. Can you speak to those things and what you also got from this article? Sister Eleanor. Interesting. Um, Interesting that some of the very um, things that the previous article that discussed your autoimmune system when it talked about your lymphatic system, it talked about it was dependent on water and hydration. The same thing with the liver. The one thing I found interesting 
was the reminder that the liver is the only organ that can um, rebuild itself. So it can heal itself, though they talk about it being a very uh, challenging proposition, uh, uh, very challenging, you know, to, to do that. Um, uh, however, it is possible through, through diet and lifestyle changes, um, including uh, the weight. So the T's are, are very important. But they did mention one thing that I think is very important. is grapefruit juice. Grapefruit juice is uh, has its um, value, its health value. But you have to limit the amount of grapefruit juice depending on your your weight and your activities. And they talk about that in the article. But one thing you you can't get enough of, and they talk about the importance of uh, on an average people should drink eight to ten glasses of water a day. And some people with health conditions may need to increase their water intake beyond the recommendation uh, recommended amount, including depending on the uh, kind and the amount of medications you take. And then they go on to discuss that there are a few natural teas that may assist the liver function. And they list several popular and possibly beneficial teas for the liver. Uh, Health includes lemon ginger tea. Uh, Reduces the risk of of, uh, liver disease. And they talk about peppermint. And we all know about peppermint and ginger being used to help with uh, upset stomach and in this case they talk about peppermint tea improves digestion and uh, detoxifying um, um, uh, uh, detoxifying functions of the liver when you use peppermint tea. They also talked about green tea and it's reducing the uh, accumulation of lipids in the liver, and that means breaking down the fat in the liver, and uh, and 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 the green tea also um, contains antioxidants. So that was uh, important. And they talk about research uh, um, to you know kind of research and do your research on the specific uh, teas to ensure safe. Uh, their safety when it comes to your health. Um, You know, you can talk to your health provider about it. And when they're talking about the grapefruit juice, um, it's an antioxidant that that stimulates the liver and helps filter. uh, And um, that's an important thing to the body. And grapefruit also contains... um, I believe it was nitrogen. I don't remember what it was, nitrogen or something. Uh, it was an anti-inflammatory and antioxidant uh, properties of some of the uh, things in the grapefruit juice that uh, may help protect the liver. Um, 
but they talked about again, you know, not to consume more than uh, six ounces of grapefruit juice per day, uh, because you know it 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 can interact with many prescription drugs and and non-prescription drugs also. You know, we take these NSAIDs and aspirin and things like that. And they interact with uh, grapefruit juice, and we need to take that into consideration. They also talked about turmeric water. Turmeric, you know, it, it gives uh, many dishes uh, the yellow color that we enjoy in, in our rice and uh, chicken dishes, where, you know, that kind of thing. So uh, turmeric is... Uh, uh, commonly used as a supplement that many <clears throat> that that uh, many people uh, around the world take as a, uh, a dietary supplement, but also just a part of day-to-day cooking. But it does decrease inflammation and assist with uh, liver repair uh, due to its ability to help flush out harmful toxins while decreasing fat buildup in the liver. So they, you know, for safe use, uh, um, they say medical studies recommend mixing one or or to three grams of uh, dried turmeric root to hot water each day for up to three months. Now, that was interesting because when they um, try to buy raw turmeric turmeric root, it runs about five ninety nine a pound. The only thing I got to say about be careful because you can stain your clothes. You know, it has that yellow color. And that yellow color is very common with anti-inflammatories. I think Eating pumpkin and uh, certain squash is also very helpful. But uh, they talk about lemon water and um, taking four to six uh, tablespoons of lemon juice mixed with water each day. Um, I know that if you go to Trader Joe's, the one great thing they have there are lemons. And a working class family can get a bag of four to six lemons for about a dollar eighty, And that's really reasonable because if you go in the big chain supermarket, you know uh, lemons are running 99 cents each. But uh, it's very important to try to have your lemon water every day and uh, not to overlook that as uh, with uh, any changes when you're changing your diet. You know, you need to make sure if you're in touch with your doctor that you um, let them know and that you kind of proceed with caution. Uh, The article talked about some people may experience unwanted uh, results or side effects and some herbs uh, and and foods may uh, interact with certain medications, but um, that's where reading the labels on your medication is so important and talking to your pharmacist is so important. But I tell you, turmeric, 
water, lemon water, making sure you have uh, your uh, ginger water. One way to have your ginger water is just to buy your ginger, peel it, and boil the water first, and then drop the ginger in and let it uh, steep and uh, keep that in your fridge, and you can add it to other beverages, whether it's your cranberry juice or or, uh, even add it to uh, cocktails, you know, um, such as uh, uh, a little orange juice or um, some people use it with, um, uh, what is that red flower, if someone can um, tell me, hibiscus, you know, or using, uh, getting sorrel. And having ginger and sorrel as a tea, that's very, very helpful. Go to something. Yeah, and uh, also using it to uh, rub over your gums, the turmeric to rub your, your gums and, and, and clean your teeth with baking soda and a little turmeric can be very helpful. So... Thank you. I think the article was very helpful, both articles, and they overlap. And so we just need to eat our collard greens, squash, and spinach, and we're on our way. Thank you, Brother Africa. Thank you, Sister Eleanor. We're going to Brother Moses for his thoughts on cleanse your liver. Brother Moses, your response to the article. Certainly, um, I think as Brother Haki said, you know, we got to stay away from this this uh, alcoholic generation uh, and the tobacco generation. Um, those are two key things, I think, in terms of staying healthy. Uh, if you if you got that alcohol and that tobacco, or uh, I don't know, the situation is is rough. Uh, I think uh, the article was good. Alba did a great job of explaining the, the properties of different nutrients, and uh, I I don't have anything extraordinary that coming out of coming out of those articles. Uh, uh, I just know that that it's important that uh, you know your own body and know what and 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 be up on these things, articles like this, and um, apply it where you can to your life. Uh, um, but it all starts with knowing oneself and knowing one's own needs and uh, and uh, and applying applying oneself to the task of maintaining oneself. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of people really don't 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 uh, maintain their health. They, they take their health for granted, that, um, and they're more concerned with other things. Uh, their resources go into other areas, and their health is 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 uh, impacted by that. And I just maintain that health is 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 wealth. And uh, anyway, I'll leave it right there. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Moses. We're talking about things we don't talk about. At this point in time, we're going to take a rubber culture break. And when we come back, we're going to have our final thoughts for the program. But before we go into this break, 
I would like to make an appeal to our listening audience, friends, supporters, and allies that Africa on the Move is in media support. If you'd like to share support Africa on the Move and send us a gift, you can do so by Zello, 804-549-7492. Again, you can send it by Zello, 804-549-7492. Remember, where's that economic dependency? There can be no freedom. If you're going to represent the people, for the people, you come and ask the people to help support us. We need your support. So at this point in time, we're going to take our station break, and when we come back, we're going to have our final thoughts for the night on things we don't talk about. This is Brother Africa on the move. On the rail along the 
the husband took responsibility for all the children that the woman had. And uh, there was no question of DNA or anything like that. Um, if the woman had the child and, and you were married to her, they were automatically your children. And that was the way love was. But now we enter a generation of modern science, science and with DNA and, um, you know, the, the the marriage condition is, is a whole lot um, more responsible uh, and more um, scientific than than that old coming out of slavery generation, and I think that's worth worth noting. Uh, anyway, I hope we have a good evening, and I have a thank you for allowing me to be on the show. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Moses. Next, we'll do Sister Eleanor. Your final thoughts, Sister Eleanor. I think that was, uh, in my final evening, I think that was a really interesting comment that uh, Brother Moses made because that was one of the things that happened as a result of slavery. The first thing uh, the ex-slaves wanted to do was to go find their families, put them together, and to marry. And there was an understanding that all the children that a woman may have, the husband would um, raise them as his own, and he would become uh, the parent. There was no uh, this whole cultural phenomena that we see that's happening now uh, just was unheard of. And um, I I think that uh, I want to thank you for having me on the show. I hope that we begin to see uh, uh, more partnerships and marriages uh, uh, in, throughout our community. Uh, it's important to uh, have uh, uh, someone to... Uh, age with and to assist you in this life. Um, uh, it's it's uh, very important, and uh, um, uh, family and family can mean so much. And uh, we 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 see how family becomes much more than the nuclear family, just with how we see. Uh, Memphis, Tennessee being so hurt and struck by the death of one of their sons or uh, a son and uh, uh, a father and how it's affected the entire community and the impact that Zionism is having on the world and on the Palestinian community and why they have such a close relationship with Cuba, because they need doctors and how the Palestinians talk about they want to be a doctor, whether they get to practice for years or for a matter of months, because they know how dangerous it is to be a Palestinian in Palestine with a military settler state occupying your land and living under apartheid every day of your life and seeing children 
being murdered and elderly women. So we see this happening and uh, we turn a a blind eye while we continue to support uh, the Ukrainian war and try to undermine Russia. And uh, I think we need to um, take a look at, at, uh, um, there was an interesting article in Colbert, uh, um, um, the correct name of the, it's Covert Action Magazine, and it was how a Nazi, how a network of Nazi propaganda uh, had been um, taking action since 1978 and the uh, impact it was having in the, in, in the uh, community and as a part of the Cold War. Uh, the CIA gladiators, you know, um, influence the world's political development by any means necessary for Germany and Italy, um, from um, Japan, South Korea, and now there's a vast collection of evidence providing the existence of a large, well-funded network of fascist uh, terrorism who uh, terrorists who do not hesitate to use violence to ensure compliance from the free people of the world, and we see this happening. So the greatest struggle we have in the next two years, domestically and globally, is to fight authoritarianism, to fight fascism and to fight authoritarian candidates. Uh, I believe Santos, the governor of Florida, is such a person. So we need to keep our eyes open and our our, our um, community um, active and fighting and fighting um, the closing of our school and the um, refusal to educate our children. We're not even facing the miseducation, but just a lack of education. And collectively, we can do this. Thank you so much for having me this evening. And uh, everyone have a great week. Thank you. Good night. And you do the, and you do the same, says Eleanor. Brother Haki, you find the thoughts for tonight. Let me just pose a question uh, to the audience. And that question is, you know, what do you imagine capitalism would do with so many people who are, quote, unquote, unproductive? Uh, When we talk about the unlimited number of, you know, poor people in society, people who don't have access to resources, uh, as far as capitalism is concerned, their existence is esoteric. Uh, In other words, their existence is is superfluous. It it doesn't... uh, it, 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 it really is a drain on the economy. It's a very interesting spin in terms of how you characterize another human being, but nonetheless, that is capitalist, the tendency of capitalism. Now, the question is, and when you think about what will capitalism do with all these people and what you doesn't want, you've you got to ask yourself, 
you know, when you talk about the, the country spending $206 billion, you know, for police and police in prison, you got to consider the fact that, you know, this kind of investment in, in police and prisons are, are, are non-productive. In other words, increasing that kind of money for the police and prison doesn't expand the money supply in the society. Actually, it contributes to making society more poorer. So then you know, ask yourself, then if that's the situation, why would the state continue to fund money into increasing number of police and increasing number of, of prisoners? Ask yourself that. Also, when you think about terms of expenditures and terms of these very peculiar expenditures of, 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 of the country's wealth, when you think about the fact when you're giving all this money to police and prison, you know, one of the things is that as a consequence of giving all this money to police and, and prisons in part, what happens is you end up with 140 million people in absolute poverty. And when I talk about absolute poverty, I'm talking about people, you know, forget about uh, the standard uh, standard uh, methods in terms of, you know, determining what poverty actually is. But when you talk about when you talk about after poverty, you talk about people irrespective of, you know, the meager earnings. We talk about people who are essentially destitute. People are building in terms of survival is very very critical. So and also in part in terms of these large expenditures for police and prison, then you got seven you got seventeen million un, seventeen million unemployed people. And so, what does that mean? Seventeen million unemployed people means that uh, the revenues for the governments are undermined. There are no tax revenues being received by the government because people don't have jobs. Now, why would the government continue to persist in a policy where you have 17 million people unemployed? It, it doesn't make sense to me. Also, when you put 2.3 million people into prisons, then stop and think about it. As I alluded to earlier, the 2.3 million people in prisons at one point was very profitable. They could produce things and sell them at a profit. Now, since 2016, that has changed. No longer are they selling these products for a profit. They're actually losing money to produce products in prison. But why would you persist in terms of these large expenditures for prison, even though they're not profitable? What What is capitalism really saying? Uh, to top it off, you know, when we think about 10% of the population, which enjoy 120% of GDP, uh, when we talk about all of the country producers, we talk about 10% of the population at a minimum, in, at a maximum, enjoys 120% of GDP. So what does that say in terms of the, the, the livelihood or the interest of the masses of people? And stop and think about it. When you think about the world's resources that naturally create, naturally exist, why would a small segment of the population benefit from those resources, resources that should be allocated to all human beings on the planet? Very interesting paradox. Also, when you think about 1% of the population itself, out of that 10%, only 68% of all the, all the wealth produced by the country. How did you explain that? Well, one thing I think we have come to the realization is that as far as capital is concerned, this is a problem. These people are a problem. The question in terms of what do you do with all these people who are a problem? Where in a capitalist society, there's only, there's only one thing you can do with them. You've got to find ingenious ways to get rid of them. Uh, and this is what we have to understand. And so when we think about, when we think that, when we talk about uh, uh, National Defense Authorization Act, we talk about internment camps, and we talk about police brutality, police consistently killing people, and we talk about the systematic, systematic support of police killing people, Understand that is indicative of the fact of, 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 of policies in which is endorsed by the government itself. In other words, this is one of the ways in which you get rid of all those people you don't need. Now, if that's the situation, what does it mean as in terms of number of unproductive people, the people who have access to jobs, people who have access to resources, what happens as the numbers increase? And eventually they become, creates an instability for the system. And creating an instability for the system cannot stand. The system must perpetuate itself. 
So if that means eliminating a large number of people in terms of its stability, then that's exactly what the system would do. Understand what I'm saying. This is not hyperbole. I'm telling you, not only historically, but just in terms of systems, this is how capitalism works. We're all, we're all in, in a unique bind. Uh, for us who think that somehow that we're genuinely free and we don't have a problem in the world, think again. This is a capitalist society. And as always, I encourage people to unravel the matrix. That is key. If we don't understand fundamentally what's going on in society and the changes are taking place, then you know what? And we, 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 uh, we, unfortunately, we end up in a situation where we're complicitous and our own demise. I don't think any of us want that, but that's part and parcel of not understanding what's going on in society and the changes are taking place. Having said that, Brother Africa, you have a good night. And you do the same, Brother IT. Next we go to Brother Anthony. Brother Anthony, your final thoughts for tonight. My final thoughts for tonight are that it, that the solution to capitalism is pan-Africanism. The total liberation and unification of Africa under scientific socialism. This is the only solution that will solve the problems that the masses of Africans face uh, throughout uh, the continent and throughout the diaspora. Uh, and uh, and that is what the All African People's Revolutionary Party is working to achieve: Pan-Africanism, the total liberation and unification of Africa under scientific socialism. To find out more about Pan-Africanism and about the All African People's Revolutionary Party (GC), please visit our website www.a-aprp-gc.org for more information and to and to participate in the liberation of our people which can only be accomplished through permanent mass organization thank you for having me good night thank you brother Anthony and to our panelists analysts our Listeners, we thank you as well for allowing us to come to your home this evening where we could speak to the powerless and the powerful. We remind you every Sunday at 7 p.m., this is the place to be, Africa on the Move. As well as we may not give you what you want, but we do our best to give you what you need. Our people need revolutionary information that will help liberate their minds so they can act more responsibly and make proper analysis so our people can become liberated, unified, and create a all-socialist African government throughout the continent. As Brother Anthony stated, we too believe in pan-Africanism, and we want you to join that role. It is a role that will liberate and free all African people, no matter where they are. Until next time, we see you next week and remind you to always strive to go forward with our Baptist novel. This has been Africa on the Moon, and the theme today was Things We Don't Talk About. Until next time, let's strive to go forward with our Baptist novel. This is Brother Africa. We are, we are signing out with some revolutionary culture.
We thank you for listening to Africa on the Moon. If you think of the Middle East in this modern time, you can't help but say the word Palestine. People there have lost their land. Some have lost their home. They live in other countries, their freedom almost gone. Palestine needs her freedom. Palestine needs our love. Needs our love. Palestine needs her freedom. Palestine needs our love. There seems to be no answer to give us the reason why people cannot live so no one has to die. We've got to take a stand for freedom, take a stand for truth. Take a stand for justice, that's what we've got to do. Cause Palestine, Palestine needs her freedom. Needs freedom. Palestine, Palestine needs our love, needs our love. Palestine, Palestine needs her freedom. Palestine needs our love. People of all countries, of every race and creed, we need a new beginning. Let us plant the seed. Plant the seed of love and let that love seed grow. Plant the seed for everyone so all the world will know that Palestine Palestine needs her freedom. freedom. Palestine Palestine needs our love, needs our love. Palestine, Palestine needs her freedom. Her freedom, Palestine, needs our love. chains, living in pain, today is the and nothing ever changes Hung by a noose, can't tell the truth Filled with abuse and everywhere there's danger How long can this go on? When will the light I see? I know I must be strong Last through my journey, yeah. Last through my journey, yeah. 
must decide to get off the ride and stop going through these changes. We must prepare and learn how to care, for soon we'll be there where our lives won't be in danger. And when the light is clear, oh how beautiful I will be to know that I've been here and made it through my journey. And made it through my journey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Made it through my journey. Made it through my journey. Hellerino. A bloodline across the waters from Benin to Salvador Bahia. A scar across the face of the earth. Pellerino, the place they brought the Africans, the place where they tried to make them slaves. Pellerino, you can feel the whip, hear the cries, and see the blood in the red clay. The clay that holds the stones together is African. And each stone is a bone from a people called slaves. Pellerino was the place where death came to dwell. His neighbors did not complain, for he was a way out. From the cold, gray, cobblestone streets to the lifeless cathedrals, tall walls of demons called angels, haunted visions of white faces, crucifying Jesus again and again. But in the sacrifice of this blood, of this dance with death, comes life more rich, more pure, more alive, where death spent many lonely nights pacing the floors of his funeral parlor, waiting for someone to die. Pellerino, a French word called the place of torture, became a place of strength, a place where faces of white saints became faces of black gods, where haunted visions and demons became healing visionaries and orishas from the motherland. And Jesus rejoined his kinfolk and was reborn and baptized in the sound of sensual skin turned up to dance, to inspire a fire like the sun pronouncing his presence. Pellerino was the tongue of the flame, licking the eyes of those who have tried to remain blind, shining a light on a spirit that would not be denied. No, the chains did not break the spirit, did not enslave the music of my soul, did not shackle the will of my freedom, did not tarnish the glow of my gold, and all the Pellerinos in Africa, in Europe, in North and South America cannot destroy the majesty of my people, the love of my people, shining like the sun everywhere we go, everywhere we go. Light is clear. Oh, how beautiful I will be to know that I've been here and made it through my journey. Yeah, and made it through my journey. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
Balandina Chocho Long time ago For Ben Balandina Chimbunzi Long time ago For Tonga Landina Ichibunzi Long time ago Long, 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 long time ago Long time ago Africa Mambuna they carry sheets Long time ago We day sheeting that big, big hole Long time ago Long, 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 long time ago Time ago, before them comfort us the way as slaves, during the time them comfort us the way as slaves, the European man na him they carry sheets, for them culture to carry sheets, during the time them come colonizer, them come teach us to carry sheets, long, 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 long time ago. Africa man, we know they carry sheets. Long time ago, European man teach us to carry sheets. Long time ago, many foreign companies they Africa carry all our money go. Many foreign companies they Africa carry all our money go. Them go right big English for newspaper, Dabaru, we Africans. Them go right big English for newspaper, Dabaru, we Africans. I read about one of them inside books like that, them calling him na ITT. I read about one of them inside books like that, them calling him na ITT. Them go they cause confusion, cause corruption, cause oppression, cause inflation. Them go they cause oppression, cause confusion, cause corruption, cause inflation, cause oppression. Confusion, cause inflation, cause oppression, 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 inflation, corruption, oppression, inflation. Them get to one style way that they use. Them go pick one African man, a man with low mentality. Them go give you a million naira bread. Come up high position here. Him go bribe some thousand naira bread to become one useless chief. Like rat they do them go they do from corner corner pass the pass the under under pass the pass the side the side the pass the pass the in in the pass the pass the out the out pass the pass the p p p pass the pass the in in pass the pass the corner corner pass the pass the under Passy passy side to side, passy passy up to up, passy passy corner corner, passy passy under under, passy passy side to side. Then he gradually, 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 gradually. Then he gradually, 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 gradually. Them go be friend friend to journalist, be friend friend to commission, a friend. Friend to permanent secretary, friend, friend to minister, friend, friend to head of state, then start, start to steal money, start, start them corruption, start, start them inflation, start, start them oppression. Yeah. 
thing that's called the state. What is the state? The state is this organized bureaucracy. It is the police department. It is the army, the navy. It is the prison system, the courts, and what have you. This is the state. It is a repressive organization. But the state in three well, you know, you've got to have the police, because if there were no police, look at what you'd be doing to yourselves. You'd be killing each other if there were no police. But the reality is, the police become necessary in human society. You know how we think Organize the hood under our chain banners Red, black, and green instead of gang bandanas FBI spying on us through the radio antennas And I'm hitting cameras in the street like watching society With no respect for the people's right to privacy I'll take a slug for the cause like UEP While all you fake niggas try to copy Master P I wanna be free to live Able to have what I need to live Bring the power back to the street where the people live We sick of working for crumbs and filling up the prisons Dying over money and relying on religion for help We do for self like ants in a colony Organize the welcome to a socialist economy A way of life based off the common needs And all my comrades is ready, we just spreading the seed Shout out to black male Live a third of his life in a jail cell Cause the world is controlled by the white male And the people don't never get justice And the women don't never get respected And the problems don't never get solved And the jobs don't never pay enough no more bondage, no more political monsters, no more secret space launches. Government departments started it in the projects, material objects, thousands up in the closets. Could have been invested in the future for my comrades. Battle contacts, primitive weapons out in combat. Many never come back, pretty niggas be running with gas. Rather get shot in their back than fire back. We're tired of that. Corporations hiring blacks. Denying the facts, exploiting us all over the map That's why I write the shit I write in my rap It's documented, I meant it Every day of the week, I live in it, breathe in it It's more than just fucking believing it I'm holding in ones, rolling up my sleeves and shit It's C-Lo for push-ups now, many headed for one conclusion Niggas ain't ready for revolution Your average black male, live a third of his life in a jail cell Cause the world is controlled by the white male And the people don't never get justice and the women don't never get respected And the problems don't never get solved And the jobs don't never pay enough So the rent always be late Can you relate? We living in a police state
black man, black man, go on and get a catch scan. I had chain wrap too straight, too tight. We get a backhand, there ain't no Batman in this black land. I wish a rich nigga would come and save the day and pave the way. Ain't no amazing grace. I blaze the haze to remain the faith. Twenty years be my medicine, but they wanna throw me away for that. Then turn around and legalize it. I wish being black was truly accepted. Four hundred year elephant in the room. This ain't a new deal. They've been treating us like animals. We in a zoo still. So let me tell you how I feel. Guilty conscience trumps common sense every day, y'all. Ignore the issues, look at the victim like it's their fault. As if a wagon ain't harassing, waiting for jaywalkers in front of the building. Minding your business, you trying to pay your bills as if that wasn't to mention. Conjunction, junction, tell me what's your intention. Don't call him king, then treat him like some common folk. You a fighter like Ronda Rose, drowsy move around the rope. Drowsy with a cloud of smoke, how'd he do for Maui, bro? You're traveling around the globe, you didn't know, but now you know. Early morning risings, my end of a long kicking. Birdman hand rubs, feeling my palms itching. I need a spiritual thought with top that's top notch. We watch black power docs and study our chakras. Oh, child, don't you ever come, come down. You acting like the sun ain't out. And we gon' cop a ticket and fly on out of here, fly on out. Oh, child, don't you ever come, come down. You acting like the sun ain't out. Oh dear black man, tell me what happened You can't be low when your glow's everlasting Him with your aspen, on aspen like a has been Raising the trap when the gods talk math and moves with a max 10 Not that nigga back then, but look now nigga I'm established, cut camera action I cut lines with my sad card, my bitch is packing Then I'm cutting in line with a bad boy, they caught him flagging Then huddle around him with a stat chart look You say I wake up feeling better than I I ever been check out my melanin it's now the makeup for the mannequin that wants to be the same as the slave on the sedative you kill culture i give knowledge i spit stylish crane kicks and balenciagas and speaking science and bodegas that grow flavors was taught language was taught to talk with the razor from having spanish neighbors i fought the haters court cases and lost paper educated killers walking no ladies cross the street turn back around walk across and sell hard to a fee no turning back now rent doing your kids got Black man rooted deep with the blood of a king, yeah Black man roses arose from the cold concrete I eat, walk, talk, gritty Snitches get buck fifty One slice buck fifty Both get cut quickly Until they free Goldie Nobody can fuck with me Oh, child Don't you ever come, come down You acting like the sun ain't out We gon' cop a ticket and fly on out of here Fly on out Oh, child don't you ever come, come down You actin' like the sun ain't out Black became beautiful, then made America great again. See the page of history or see the grave and hate again. I'm from New York, the last state to free the slaves, and now we getting to the point where they rebooting Martin Payne in them. Black man, switch it up, just to be versatile. Why you always mean mugging? Man, it never hurts to smile. Make a record, break a record, get the record straight. I'm just trying to get it going, I'm trying to accelerate. Life alert. Welcome to my world, live and living color, stay low, word to J-Lo, out here with my fly girl, black man, 
black man They give you whack answers They robbing you with Batman They give you Black Panther When all our people dying They think that we need a movie But the box office don't break off The descendants of Huey Think about it I'm cooler than a Coca-Cola polar bear Hold up, roll up something potent Right before we go in there Maroon Customs support that shit that touches the streets Puffing a leaf on a corner that gave me nothing but grief Don't come around my way if your whole message is how much you got If you ain't got no fucking shots then don't touch the fucking rock Lucy's still 50 cent, cool what kind of blunts you got You can lock a few niggas for hustling but nothing stops The judge just makes a hero and a young black boy lose their fucking pops And go on a robbing spree like fuck the ops Phone out of battery, black mirror, word the Windex King of the table of contents, human index I handle everything myself, the one-man quintet Let's take it where it hasn't been yet Dear black man Worth life One take Fuck you
So don't you where you come from As long as you're a black man You're an African Round. 
y sigo respetando al rato Puerto Rico, al cubano, al colombiano, mexicano y español. Pero lo de nosotros sale del corazón, con sentimiento, con talento, violento, ojo, no con armas, sino con conocimiento. El intelecto emana de los foros, te metes en internet y lo ves en los foros. Esa sabiduría, aunque muchos locos piensen que son habladurías, pero que primero fondo la ciencia mía, para que después hablen como comadre chismosa. Yo te escribo en verso y en prosa, no soy Alice en el país de las maravillas. Estamos claros, te portas mal, te acribillas, te hacen papillas, es que eso es obvio. O eres ángel o eres demonio, ni nino. O eres ángel o eres demonio. Quiero a toda la gente con las manos arriba. ¿Dónde están los latinos con las manos arriba? Que vive el hip hop con las manos arriba. Con las manos arriba, que viva la cultura con las manos arriba, el deporte con las manos arriba, Venezuela con las manos arriba, ¿qué? ¿qué? Sentimiento, sabor, rumba, corazón, la salsa retumba, retumba el tambor, no se te olvide el coro, vos recuerda el folclore, te lo digo el rap, crece la tensión, ritmo caribeño, se siente el calor, esta es música de calle, al que no le guste que vaya a llorar para el valle, es música con estilo, tú estás claro así que solo dilo, como comerse una arepa, volar papagayo, llámalo, cometa, tropo perinola que te ruche en las metras, música venezolana es todo lo que sean en Venezuela, no solo es un ritmo, escucha las letras, tan criollo como que te vean y te digan epa, que te choquen las manos, al final del día, dale, hablamos, y lo que más me alegra, la gente latina siempre será gente negra. Comandante, te amo. Que Dios te bendiga. ¿Dónde está Maranta? El Amaranta y el Pinky, ¿dónde están? ¿No? La cantera. Where the water is cursed From where police brutality's not half as nice It makes the hood in America look like paradise Compared to the AIDS infested Caribbean slum African streets with a passports and American gun From where they massacre people and try to keep it quiet And spend the next 25 years trying to deny it Up from where they cut your hands off if you make a fit A nigga stole coca cause the job market doesn't exist Except slave labor, modern day company store And peacekeepers don't ever, ever, ever come here no more From where the bombs that they used to drop on Vietnam Still have children born, deformed, eight months before they gone I'm from where they lost the full meaning of the Quran Cause heroin is not compatible with Islam And niggas know that, but throw that poppy seed anyway Cause that fool's rap parachute does not come every day 
days I'm from where people pray to the gods of their conquerors And practically every president's a money launderer From where the only place democracy's acceptable Is if America's candidate is electable And they might even have a black president But he's useless Cause he does not control the economy Stupid lock and hold your gun Where I'm from the third world Sign to many places But I'm third world born Gorillas didn't run Where I'm from the third world Son, you polluted everything And now the third world's gone Water's poison Where I'm from the third world Son, 700 children died by the end of the storm. Revolution will come Where I'm from the third world Son, constant occupation Leaves the third world Son, I'm from where the Catholic Church Is some racist shit They help Europe and America Rape this bitch They pray to white Spanish Jesus Whose face is this But never talk about the black Pope Galatius I'm from where Soviet weapons Still decide elections Militaries like the mafia You pay for protection Catamite sex clauses With the country sells And rich white businessmen Make the best clientele I'm from where they too pussy To come film survivor And they murder Coca-Cola union organizers I'm from where the justice system Is sapodrido Fuck government Niggas politic over perico Rebelde conocido Enterrado vivo Como otro argentino Desaparecido Cause Rico laws Don't apply to the CIA And motherfuckers Make sneakers for a quarter a day I'm from where they overthrow democratic leaders Not for the people but for the Wall Street Journal readers From where blacks, indigenous peoples and Asians Were once slaves of the Caucasians And it's amazing how they trained them To be racist against themselves in the place they was raised And who kept us caged in Destroyed our culture and said that you civilized us Raped our women and when we were born You despised us Gentrified us, agent provocateur dividers And crucified every revolutionary messiah So I'm a start of global riot it's not even your fake anti-communist dictators can keep quiet Fuck your charity medicine trying to murder me The immunizations you gave us were full of mercury So now I see the third world like the rap game soldier Nationalize the industry and take it over Lock and load your gun where I'm from the third world Sign to many places but I'm third world born Gorillas didn't run where I'm from the third world Son, you polluted everything and now the third world The water's poison where I'm from the third world Son, 700 Children died by the end of the storm. Revolution will come where I'm from the third world Son, constant occupation leaves the third world Like the enemies that we are battling I am 
nothing but a human alien Left with nothing else but to keep wandering Down this path while stopping my hands trembling Because I know That I'll be coming home soon And yes I know That I'll be coming home soon With a soldier's eye With a soldier's eye With a soldier's eye With a soldier's eyes I've seen inside the devil's dreams Where young men die In graveyards open up their arms For mothers left to cry I have seen the bleeding And I hear what we've done But just like every other fool here I'll keep marching on Because I know That I'll be coming home soon And yes I know That I'll be coming home soon With a soldier's eye With a soldier's eye With a soldier's eye With a soldier's eye With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.